0: Wednesday weirdos we out here time for the vibrant and this time our tour guide is going to be James Thomas but I think you can just call him Admiral Hits, the alchemist of sound that has created many variations of the sonic portal a touring gong construction that many years ago in my early travels of uh, spiritual development <laughs> The very first time I ever was in, uh, introduced to the magic of sound and how that can take you on quite incredible journeys was thanks to Admiral Hits and his Sonic Portal at a music festival that I had attended. And you know what? Small world, turns out that our friend Owen Hunt, a.k.a. Bootsy Greenwood, is pretty good pals with Admiral Hits too. So I thought, why not bring them both on so I don't have to talk as much? <laughs> so, yo, 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 hey, everybody in the chat, I see Gordy Two Shoes, Loco... Clint, peaceful penguin, good to see you all. And on the uh, Rockfin side, Braden and Kabir, everybody sound off in the chat. Really happy to be doing this thing. Once again, best day of the week. Also, if you didn't happen to catch it, speaking of Gordy, we did uh, four, almost four hours decoding the Marvel movie Doctor Strange last night. And even if you don't like Marvel or superhero movies, you know, we're... Definitely digging some amazing spiritual truths by reverse engineering the inversion of Hollywood. So go check that out too. Maybe after this or some other day soon. But hey, what's up, gentlemen? How you doing, James? Welcome to the uh, podcast. It's good to finally get you on the air.
1: Yeah, greetings. Thanks for
2: having me. How you doing uh, there, Owen? Doing great. Uh, stoked to be here, man. Thanks for having us both on. I really appreciate it chance. Yeah, no problem.
0: I don't know if this is on your end or something, but you're only coming through my left ear. Okay. Just a heads up. I mean, if that's how you want it, that's cool, you know?
2: <laughs> How's that?
0: I think that's better. Yeah.
2: Cool. Maybe what
0: little to too, though.
1: Which year does the, uh, does the devil speak to you in the cartoons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like back in the old uh, Bugs Bunny days.
0: Depends on who you ask. You know what? I was just thinking about that today. I was looking at the whole idea of... Well, I don't know it's going to be complicated if I go and explain it, but that whole metaphor is definitely a left brain, right brain thing, the rational and irrational mind. So interesting. I would guess that the bad guy would be, I don't know, it depends on who you ask, if you're demonizing the feminine or the masculine, but I would think the left angel would be the right brain and the left angel would, or the right angel would be the left brain. I don't know.
1: sort of like a stage left thing anyway, right? (laughs) Left hand path. You're looking at the opposite. It's looking at you. Yeah, mirror world.
0: Hey, but well, you know, while we're here at the beginning, tell us, you know, more about your your stuff, what you're up to, what you do. I know that you're a busy guy making a lot of shit happen.
1: Yeah, man. You know, um uh you know the pandemic came and uh really kind of gave me a chance to uh reevaluate everything I was working on and, and uh you know uh, after touring with the spaceship for, for over a decade, you know, I, I actually never received any of my own medicine and, uh, and hey man, I got my ass handed to me that th- by that thing, uh, um, Christmas of 2020. And so it kind of just reinvigorated my entire, uh, creative process. My, you know, my willing, you know, my uh, willingness to acknowledge that I was even healing people. I mean, you know, I chose the spaceship, uh, admiral, uh, to, you know, not, you know, is this Buddhism? Are you a yogi? Are you meditating? Like all these things. And it comes with expectations. And I chose uh, uh, to be a spaceship pilot because on the expectation, this is what you get. And, uh, you know, so I have made it, you know, a, a little bit of a mockery and, and some fun out of the uh, new age movement. And, uh, you know, going full circle, the joke became very real. And, uh, you know, the psychedelic spaceship to me is more real than uh, most of the new age stuff that's floating around out there right now. And, but yeah, um, I basically my ego is held hostage by this idea. My heart and my intuition kind of made me create this thing and took me on a, a long ass journey. And I was about ready to be done with it, and then uh, I got a taste of my own medicine, and now I'm like fl- back 100 percent strong and uh, you know building a new spaceship. Uh, building a new brand and, uh, trying to take it into, you know, outside of the music festivals. Cause ultimately, you know, I brought it to music festivals cause that's where I wanted to be. That was a cool place to hang. I didn't really want to, uh, get caught up in, uh, you know, trying to heal, you know, unemployed bricklayers and, and housewives and things like that, <laughs> at yoga studios, people with back problems. And, and, uh, so I really chose that, that, um, that arena, because I resonated with it a lot, you know, now it's like, I just want to get anybody in there. I know, I know what I got. I know what I built and uh, you know, it's, uh it's time to go full throttle with it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I actually, the first time I encountered it, I think I was also on psychedelics
1: at the time,
0: <laughs> but what I have tried it not on psychedelics as well. And what amazed me and kind of changed my paradigm of, understanding of reality way back then and this led me really far actually it was kind of an initiation point in a weird way to into sound which is a huge modality for me at this point was uh, what was cool about it was like as the different gongs would be played and different tones were happening and at different points in the in the field around me i'd see colors you know i'd see i'd see colors i'd see wiggles and and uh, my thoughts would change and my feelings would change. And it was like you weren't your your crew wasn't just playing the gongs. You're playing the people inside the, of the space between the gongs like an instrument.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, sound holds our whole body together, you know, and uh it, and th- what happens in there is not what you're visually what you, you're visually taking in. You know, it's like if you walk up to that thing and you see it, it looks cool. There's people running around in costumes and there's lights and it seems like a lot of fun. And you could even stand outside that and be like, that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. It's neat. And, you know, it feels some degree of vibration. But what goes on in there is pretty insane. And and I didn't actually, you know, everything It was all built on intuition. I never took a lesson in sound. I never went to a course. I never got any provisional self-esteem, a ticket, a certificate from anybody. I just started playing an instrument because I liked it. And, uh, you know, the, but, you know, I put 5,000 people a weekend through that thing. And so that's really 10 years of research. And, you know, understanding, you know, uh, responses and, and behaviors. And, you know, a lot of, I, I know people's body language so well. I know what they're going to do and say. what coming up to me before they do. <laughs> you know? And, uh, it's, it's a unique situation. And, you know, like you said, you took a ride in it, um, sober and, and, you know, uh, probably on psychedelics or whatever. I wrote in that thing 500 times and it's never done anything to me, but make me go to bed early or keep me up because I need to be or, you know, take, you know, take some, some pressure off my back pain or whatever. This, that, the other, it gives you what you need. Right. I took a ride in that thing, um, on Christmas, uh, on the resurrection astro theology day and the, on the, on the grand conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter for 600 years, not, not even aware, you know, I was just like one of those things like, uh, it just happened. And and that's why I started to realize, like, and there's a lot of wake up moments in, in that thing. And I think people's charts and the stars above have a lot to do with some of these wake up moments because uh, I mean, I wrote that thing 500 times and what happened to me at Christmas was a goddamn miracle. <laughs> and I finally got my own, my own medicine. And, uh you know, I left this planet, went to a spot that was complete void and some entity cut me down with a lightsaber down to the one vibration and put me back together piece by piece. And then showed me took away all my trauma and showed me my timeline and why all of it was important. And then I, I was an atheist before this happened too. And I was still an atheist for like two months. And I ended up going on a production into a Hindu temple and a uh, long story short, you know, I, I I wasn't bowing. I wasn't, you know, going through all their milk mo- because I wasn't looking for answers. And the guru and I started talking to each other and she realized that she didn't have anything to teach me. And like, I just, she needed to make me realize. And I was like, Oh man, I was like, man, spirit fucking fixed me. Like, you know, whatever you want to call it source or whatever. I mean, I would have fixed myself anytime during that 12 years, if I was actually doing it, you know? And uh, man, I I was given such a new lease on life, a, a complete readjustment and an alignment from chaotic neutral to lawful good. And when I say lawful, I mean cosmic law, not man's law. But um, man, you know, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. And, and you know, when, after that happened, I realized I realized how it works, what's going on in there how we're doing it and, and what I've been doing is I was using the wrong indicators of success. Right. It's like, I was trying to rock star that shit, doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be in the scene and be cool and get paid to do something I love and, you know, have fun, be high working and all these things. Right. And, uh, and then when that happened, I realized that the half a million people that have been in there in the last 14 years or whatever, um, you know my indicators of success by money was crazy compared to what it's done for people uh, and how it's changed the trajectory of their lives and, and uh given them something you know something substantial to learn about themselves or the world or you know you know like it, it brought me to spirit and, and completely healed all my freaking baggage so like I, I've had people come out of there and be like you brought me to God and I'd be like high five and send them off the base next year. Cool, man. You know, and like no integration, no nothing. So, you know, like now I'm focused a lot on, on how to integrate people, how to nurture their experience, how to, you know, point them in the right direction with better information. Like the growth doesn't stop right there. And, uh, you know, it's was like, I've had, a, I've been interviewing a couple people, you know, I've been through there and, uh, man, I never realized truly what, what I was really doing. And uh, so now it's like uh, I'm just happy to be alive and happy, and I, I didn't throw it away because I was I was done with it before 2020. I was I was falling apart, driving around a van. I was like, man, I got to figure out what else to do. There's not a lot of money to do in this in this gong thing, you know. And uh, but it was, and Sonic Proto wasn't awesome. I wasn't awesome, you know. And so my attitude was getting away at a lot of things, and uh, and then I, and that, now I'm gonna just get rip roaring ready. And you know, my roommate. Um, from my last house, he kind of took me off the road and, and he was like, you know, try to figure out what you want to do next. Stop worrying about money. Stop worrying about this. Find yourself, find out, you know, don't, don't destroy this cool thing. Cause it changed his life too. And, uh, he's like, don't destroy this cool thing. And, and, you know, I kind of just let it sit in our basement and, and we gong a few people who come over and that. But, um, but man, after it happened to me, I'm like, Oh my God. I know what this thing is now. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. Like I can't even believe I, I, I created this fucking thing to be honest with you. It's such, cause it's not the same thing as like going to a gong meditation in like a yoga studio where one person is playing a couple gongs in front of the room and everybody's laying down on the floor on yoga mats. It's like, yeah, you can, you can meditate yourself into a very good state and the gong can do something for you. But answering that thing, is penetrating it just permeates every cell of your soul and your body and uh, you know I'm, I'm just blessed to have uh, made that discovery and uh and uh ke- you know keep on keeping on and you know during the pandemic before before i had this experience i started writing comedy and i started uh, that was my new thing i was like i I, when I went full circle i used to be a filmmaker and I made a documentary about chemical food additives and nutrition, and at the end of that, I had my head immersed in like three years of negative material, and I was like, "If I make another movie, it's going to be to make people laugh. I don't need to like, I don't need to be stuck up in that shit for that long." And uh, full circle, twelve years later, after the gongs, I discovered the gongs after the movie, and and uh, and then I'm sitting there, and I, I didn't even realize it that I uh, that. I was going back to the thing that I manifested earlier, like, oh yeah, I'm going to make comedy. Right. And it's just happening. And I, you know, so I, had, I had a lot to think about, but, you know, it's like, uh, and that's where this, you know, it's all in the state of mind. There's nothing changed between my depression and, and being down and, and being up again, all the circumstances were the same. It was just my, it was just my perception. And, uh, yeah, so that's my new thing is mentalism, the first cosmic law in the universe and helping people realize, you know, it's your state of mind. There's literally no difference. And, and, uh, you know, it's what you, if you think it sucks, it does. If you think it's awesome, it is. And if you, and if you run with those thoughts, you know, your thoughts are going to control you if you don't control your thoughts. And really that's uh, what that machine, what that whole spaceship taught me was, uh, you know, we, we are. We are the um, essence or or a sliver of the all, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, the image of it. Yeah. I mean, like a fractal hologram. A (laughs) hologram, if you cut it into any ratio, it contains all the information of the whole. Yeah. I want to kick it over to Owen because maybe for people that aren't able to pop over and just like look at what it looks like on Instagram, maybe I'll get on there and uh, grab some screen shares. but. I would like to ask you on your perception of this from the outside and maybe a description of the setup, what it's like, you know, <laughs> what it feels like to walk up to that thing and be like, I guess I'm going to write it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man. I've had a couple of opportunities too. Um, and, uh, it's the amount of thought that, that James puts into it is incredible really. And the more you've start to pry and dig deeper and start asking questions, the more you realize how much he's actually put into this thing. He's, and it's all come from intuition, but there's like layers and layers and layers because he just hasn't given up. It's like, it's like a really good joke, you know, really good joke. It's gotten layers to it. It's, it's a long bit and it comes back on itself, right? Like, and so he's really explored talking about fractals so much of the experience. And I think both of you guys really understand vibration on a level that just very few people do. You actually, um, had recommended me that electric body, electric health book. Oh uh, yeah. Blew my mind. It really tied the room together. So thank you. (laughs) uh, That's a good rug. Yeah, it's a nice one. Um, so, you know, I, we got to set this thing up in my house (laughs) and do a, and, and, and do a a little, um, a little two-step with a good, good friend of mine, someone I, I admire and, 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 and look up to a tremendous amount. Uh, and, uh, and we all had an amazing time. I mean, it sounded like, I, I didn't realize how, how powerful it was going to be, you know, uh, inside it sounded like a fucking UFO was landing in my house. And, uh, I guess I have to sort of be forever grateful to the neighbors for not, uh, yeah,
0: it's loud, but also in a weird way, gentle. It, and it is the immersiveness I mean, of it is what is so intense.
2: Yeah. And and it's I've done it outside and in and I, and I definitely prefer it outside. There's just less reflection. But, uh, you know, regardless, you know, you've got those vibrations. It's not like, you know, you put on a headphones and there's meditation. You are being struck. You're being you know, you are you are absorbing these vibrations. So they're physically affecting you, not just auditory. Um, and, uh, and and like you like you was saying about being kind of like taken down by a lightsaber. Um, I had a similar experience where like it, and and you said color for me, it was like a rubber band that you know I close my eyes and just open my mouth, and I was just like stuff was just coming out of my mouth, like he knew what he was doing too, because each one of these, so what 's mind blowing is like each one of these things is tuned to a specific frequency, planetary right, and so yeah there 's the
0: planetary symbols on on these we got Venus on, and. Jupiter right there.
2: On each one. And not only that, but they also correspond to uh brainwave frequencies, right? So he's playing you down into theta so that you're in a liminal state when you're in that thing. And then all of a sudden, oh hey, grandma, hadn't seen you since, you know, nineteen ninety-seven or whatever. And who know, who knows what could happen, right? Like it's not about having the expectation. I love James's approach too. And the way we met was just through doing comedy, you know, and and then we wound up, you know, starting to talk about some of this stuff and uh, and collaborating more and more and building a relationship. And then before, you know, it, it's like, holy shit, like we have so many interests that overlap, you know, comedy. Somebody said in the chat, comedy is truth. It's absolutely correct. You know, Um Without comedy, I think I would be toxically positive. I would be like one of those uh bypassers if it wasn't for comedy, because comedy made me, it forced me to acknowledge things that I could have otherwise ignored without Yeah. It.
0: So that's the purpose of negativity on the spectrum. Negativity in the battery model is not evil. It is realistic. You know, you balance realism as in awareness of what's actually present in the moment of existence with intention positivity, not ignoring, you know, if you go too far into just the one side of pure positivity, then you will practice
2: ignorance. Right. That's exactly right. And so, yeah, I mean, my experience in the spaceship, uh, something that I could have never expected. Like I was like, this is cool, you know? Sure, you know, I'm an open minded person. I'm into some weird woo woo stuff. And, and, uh, and, and of course I'd be down for something like that, but I had no idea how much, uh, was even possible regarding this thing. And, and not, not, not to mention the amount of time and, and hours that James has put into it, uh, and the amount of people that have gone through it, you know. So we just keep exploring more and more about it. And he keeps, he keeps like coming up with new ideas. Uh, as far as how to, how to leverage this thing and what it can do. And uh, yeah, it was right around the time, maybe we had met maybe a couple months before you got that taste of your own medicine. And then we started exploring some ideas uh, together Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, starting to collaborate and share scripts and writing and, uh, and, and really, yeah, just a really organic sort of uh, relationship formed. And then, you know, just a few months ago, uh the opportunity to collaborate and and to uh to do the blue collar mystics thing kind of kind of sort of um you know manifested came about uh in a very cool natural way so
0: yeah man so the point well, i want to point in on was your experience james of the what i would call Shamanic dismemberment. shamanic dismemberment that's exactly what it was yeah <laughs> cuz i had something like that happen to me one time mm-hmm. uh so this was probably after i rode the the portal for the first time but i started getting this is when i woke up like i was exploring shaman, shamanism through books and i found out about shamanic journey work which is using like a drum and a rattle or you can just play a track of that with headphones and get immersed in that sound that rhythmic hypnotic sound and you go on intentional journeys you know you decide kind of you want to go up upper world lower world are you looking to Are you intending to meet maybe like animal totems or are you looking to connect with some others like higher dimensional beings and you can sort of choose your direction but then what you find there it's going to be so it's like a journey within your own imagination and it's a very Bizarre liminal space that teaches balance between observation and, and, um, thought in a way, which is very much like that balancing between negativity and positivity in the sense that as you are going through these visions in this state of uh, listening to the track and your eyes are closed and it's meditative, you know, if you think too much about what's coming up in your mind and you try to like, nail it down and be like this is what it is then it almost just like goes poof and disappears <laughs> but if you just observe and, and you try not to label too much you can kind of then tell yourself the story of what it was afterwards without getting in your own way but uh to make it short the experience i had i was looking to meet like shamanic totem animals if you will uh spiritual guide animals and I got led through this like big field of tall grass by a monkey and I was following this monkey through the grass and it takes me to a beach and it points to the water. And I was like, okay. And I go out into the water. I get up to my neck level in the water and then a fucking shark shows up (laughs) (laughs) and it rips me into tiny meaty chunks. I mean, you don't feel pain in that state. It's not like physical pain, but it is like, whoa, this is crazy that this is happening. Like, why would I, why would I decide to make this experience happen to myself? This wasn't what I was even looking for. But uh, I washed up on the shore, all my parts, and the monkey put me back together with like tiger pieces. And so I was like this hybrid tiger man in the vision after that. And uh, there was more to it, but basically the idea of shamanic dismemberment is a... Is like a natural rite of passage experience that human human beings are able to access in some way that is part of our interface with the the divine or the angelic realms or our spiritual guides, and is part of, you know, what you just said. It's like what you had said before. It's about showing you how trauma actually forges you stronger rather than feeling like you're lessened by it.
1: Yeah, holding on to it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm at the point now. Uh, everything's teaching me, you know, and trying to hold value on anything. You know, it's like the story of good luck, bad luck for the Buddhism story of the farmer. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a good one to relay. I
0: think people maybe haven't, maybe not everyone's heard it.
1: So this uh, Buddhist farmer, he's, you know, he's got this farm out in a rural area and uh, he, he, their horse gets away and the neighbors come over and they tell him, oh, it's terrible. You lost your horse. And he's like, good luck, bad luck, who knows? So next day, the horse brings, comes back, but it brings five other horses. And so the neighbors come over, and they're like, man, that's that's awesome. You're rich now. You have five horses. That's good luck. And the farmer's like, good luck, bad luck, who knows? The next day, the son is tra- is training the horse. He falls off the horse, breaks his arm. And they're like, the neighbors come over, and they're like, uh, you know, it's really bad luck. You lost your son. Your son can't help you harvest. You're, you're, it's going to be a hard harvest. And he's like, bad luck, good luck. Who knows? The next day, the army comes in and takes all the able-bodied men in the village except for his son. And the neighbors are like, you, you got such good luck. And he's like, good luck, bad luck. You know, it's like at no point was he ready to put a an actual label on on this thing. He's staying in neutrality. Right. It's because ultimately that's where the sweet spot is, is uh, that vibration has to go up and it has to come down. Right. And so and all of my life's worst tragedies and, and traumas have literally brought the best gifts. Right. But it's, it's this holding on to how terrible it is. And, and the longer you hold on to it, the longer you hurt yourself. And this is, you know, it gets back deep into like my mentalism. I truly believe that your imagination is your magic and your emotions are the power behind that magic and your focus is where that magic happens. So how, what are you doing with your imagination? Are you watching the news and getting all fucking worked up about things that haven't happened to you? Because that's a, they've got you to use your magic on yourself. Right. And so it's like your focus is where that magic's going to happen. And, and that emotion is what's going to make that happen. And our imagination is, is grossly misused in today's over, um, over-stimulated society, you know? And, uh, you know, it was like getting we reeled it all in and, you know, even, you know, even knowing all this sometimes I like, I actually almost hit a dog today. Right. And, or, and actually I hit him almost hit this dog yesterday and I was taking a ride today and I drove past the place where I almost hit that dog. And I had this vision of me hitting that dog. And it made me sad. And I was like, holy fucking shit, man. I was like, you didn't even hit that dog. And the idea of you hitting that dog ain't real, but here you are. Your human experience is literally not knowing the difference between your imagination and reality. And I caught myself in that moment. I was like, wow. It was such a perfect, it was such a perfect gift in the moment. You know, I was like, I didn't know, you know, I sat for a minute yesterday waiting for this Rottweiler to run around my car because he got loose and, and, you know, they were worried about me, hitting know, so I just stopped the car and just let it all go. And so like, you know, I wondered, I was like, what am I going to learn from that? And then literally a day later, that's what I learned. You know, it's just like that Rottweiler was a trigger to making me realize, you know, my, the power of my imagination, especially when it wasn't focused correctly. Cause I could focus, you know, I can go into writing uh, with Owen and we could come up with you know, ideas and, and things. And that's, Direct focus with your imagination and your energy, right? But like when you're letting your mind run wild, that same shit's still happening. But you're literally turning that magic against you instead of for you.
0: What I like about the parable too is the the symmetry that that has in our as a cultural expression to comedy in a lot of ways. <laughs>
1: Well, that's it. You know, comedy has really been the secret too. you know, I, I, one of the things I liked about the spaceship was I wasn't dealing with seekers. Right. Cause everybody wants to be like, everybody wants to call me their guru or they think I'm their like spiritual advisor and this and that. And like, you know, not having seekers made the magic happen even more. Cause I'm like, Hey, look at my psychedelic spaceship. Right. And you know, we got people dressed in, Alien costumes, and it's all fun, and there's lights and stuff. And you know, you walk up to me and you're like, All right, now this motherfucker don't got a spaceship, and I know he knows he don't got a spaceship, but this looks pretty cool. I'll try it. And then you come in, and I'm telling you jokes, I'm making you laugh. I'm not taking myself serious, I'm taking the whole thing serious. And the more I make you laugh, and the more I make you feel comfortable in this giant joke that I've created, the more I lower your expectations before that first note is played. And that's, you know, where I get people. That's the sweet spot because it is. I made it a joke. I'm not taking myself too serious. I'm not, you know, trying to, like, pretend uh, I'm something more than I am. Uh, I'm a gatekeeper, you know, and and I'm I'm actually a more sophisticated gatekeeper since my traumatic dismemberment. But, But, you know, ultimately, comedy is really where my heart sits. You know, it's like I think back to where I was a kid, and nothing made me happier than making my dad laugh. You know, he worked his ass off and he would come home after a long week's worth of work. And we would watch Caddyshack and and like, you know, up and smoke and stuff together. And I can still hear him laughing. And like that was his release. And that, that was like that was something special to me in an early age that I didn't tap back into it until my mid 40s. Um, you know, I, I always love comedy, but, you know, making comedy is so much more enriching than absorbing it or, or consuming it.
0: So what this is making me think about, too, is uh, now seeing the link between sound as a healing modality and comedy in the sense that sound works. I mean, yeah, Owen just read or has been checking out Electric Body Electric Health and uh, and, uh, for prior comment I'll make real quick is that how Eileen Day-McCusick developed her biofield anatomy hypothesis and her entire modality that she now teaches people is experimental in a lot of the same ways as how the Sonic Portal came about. Really mm-hmm. cool parallels there. Anyway, the thing that she is so good at explaining in her book is about how universe is not just an entropic system. There's also an organizing principle that you could call centropy, or you could call it levity, as uh, in the comedic sense, levity is what we're achieving with laughter. So the Sonic principle of reality, if you will, coherent sound is the levity force. It is the centropic force. It actually, sound is electricity, believe it or not. You know, it's a part of the same spectrum of energy that on one end is gamma rays. And in the middle is the visible light that we see. Uh, Lower than that, it's infrared. And at the lower vibrations beyond it begins into sound and vibration. You know, it's all a frequency thing, a vibrational pattern. So coherent sound as a as a rule is actually adding electricity to your body and a good in a good way. So like when I use this this tuning fork right here and I put the vibration into my body, it's actually electrifying my cells but at a level of voltage and coherence that is non-harmful. It doesn't have that dirty electricity that so much of our devices are putting off all the time. So comedy is very much the same way. They say laughter is healing, but it really is. <laughs> laughter okay. is a coherent sound too. We need to think about it. Oftentimes we even laugh in sort of a, a rhythmic way, like, ha 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 ha. You know, yeah. <laughs> There's something about that that is totally a mirror in a, in a, Natural superpower that we have. Laughter is medicine, and coherent sound is medicine, and they're both generating levity or centropy.
1: Well, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, uh, before my shamanic dismemberment, the house that my roommate that I moved in with, uh, he's one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever met, and uh, and we had a lot of fun, like you know, laughing, especially during the the pandemic. I mean, it was just amazing. everything was a joke to us, and we turned the TVs off and turned the social media off, and we just had a blast living life and creating. And, uh, but what I got to this point where I was disenfranchised with my creation and just beat down because people come out of this thing and be like, this is amazing. You changed my life. Don't ever stop. And I'm like, man, I'm getting old and falling apart and driving around in a van, helping kids get out of K holes. I have to, I have to stop something sometime, someplace. I have to do something, you know, realistic. And, and so I, I was super depressed and, uh, uh, one of my roommates, he was like one of my biggest other roommates. He was like a fanboy and he was every day, he was harassing me, telling me, Hey, man, you're throwing it all away. You got something amazing. And, and after a little bit, I was like, I got pissed at him. I told him, Listen, fucking kid. I was like, I've created shit my whole life. This fucking thing don't define me. I'll create something new tomorrow just to fucking spite you. And I literally didn't go to bed that night and I wrote 60 pages. Of me going to an occupational therapist, explaining that I came from a uh, a family of a nudist, non non-religion, anti-religion, anti-government, anti-establishment family, and that I've been a psychedelic spaceship pilot for the last fifteen years, never had a boss, and now I'm trying to integrate it back into the job market, right? And so it's sixty pages of me literally fucking holding this this doctor hostage, just this. this theoretical doctor hostage right and it was literally me telling all these fucked up stories throughout my life and making jokes about them and and stuff and this was like way before the shamanic dismemberment i was doing a lot of self-work without realizing i was doing the work right and so i'm literally in my room cackling to myself just just carving up all these jokes and making this fake doctor feel unimportant and I, i i should you not like after like six months of that I like, I literally, I went, I went on a snowboard vacation. I was writing. and I didn't even know I was, I didn't even know that I was being creative again. And that was the point that was making me depressed. I was living off of my creation and I wasn't creating anymore. And I, I hadn't, I hadn't been conscious of it. And so I'm driving down the road I start talking into this microphone and I realized, I'm like, holy shit, you're being creative. I was literally writing this shit for two, three months wrote 300 pages, had no idea I was being creative. And I realized in that moment, I'm driving through Iowa City, and I'm like, holy, Des Moines. And I'm like, you're being creative again, dude. And then I realized there were no gongs in my car, and I was going on fucking a snowboard vacation with my best friends, and we had all these tickets to all these shows. And I was like immediately out of my depression, right? And nothing changed. I still had all the support of all the people who loved me. I had this awesome life. I had all these things. The only thing that changed was my perspective of, of what I saw in myself and and in the life that I've been creating. And I shit you not, I mean, comedy fucking healed me long before the portal did. It was, you know, it's been an incredible two years, really, from from the winter of 2019 all the way to now. I just been learning and crafting and, uh, and, and really, you know, not taking anything too serious, not having any expectations and, uh, and just believing that, man, if, if I created this thing and it healed me on accident, and it was a big joke, what else am I fucking capable of? What else can I create and who, and the amount of people that I've inspired, who can I inspire when I'm actually trying to Right. If I'm actually if that's my goal. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, I, I realize that, you know, even you know, a lot of folks like you, they come in and we have that 10 minute interaction. You know, people leave. They quit drugs. They fucking they they make up with family members. They, you know, they fucking start doing their art. They quit. That job is destroying them. They have these moments. And to me, I'm just I have no idea. I'd never been connecting with all these people afterwards, but somehow things make it back to me. And, and I had never had any of that intention to me. It was always a joke. And now it's like, I realize how important intention actually is now. Cause I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm wielding magic all the time. And it's just with, it's just with thought, man. Like I think of things and, and, and it happens. Perfect example. Yesterday I fucking broke my phone, right? I'm in the middle of planning all these things and working on this thing with Owen. And I literally caught myself feeling shitty about the situation. And I was like, so what are you fucking doing? It's just a phone. Right. And I was like, get your shit together and, and find a thing solution based. Right. So I ended up walking into this little place to get, you know, have a data recovery. And then uh, the dude was cool and we hit it off and he was like, Hey man, I ain't going to take your money. Go get this $10 part. And it literally fixed my entire situation. And it was just like, for one minute, I'm like completely, you know, stressed out of trying to like figure out how I'm going to be, how, how I'm going to hold myself accountable to all these people that are counting on me now, and all these things. So I'm like, I just taking it too fucking serious again. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, you have this under control, and it's all going to work itself out. And it did. And the moment that I caught myself and, and like these things, you know, being aware in the moment, you know, I can't even speak enough about the concept of the inner guardian. You know, Vedum Zealand speaks about it in the book, Reality Transurfing is you have to be aware of what's going on at all times because I mean, we're just receivers. We're just receiving shit all the time. I'm starting to actually differentiate between my thoughts and intuition. Right. And it's like, I've had these moments where I'm like, that definitely was not my thought. That was a fucking message, and I know what I'm thinking, right? And and if I'm thinking, I'm putting too much energy into it,
0: or or if you're distracted, they don't come in the same way. Yeah, you know, I've I've noticed this too. Like, we have these habits and routines. Get in the car, turn on the music, or get in the car, turn on the podcast to listen to, or walking in the park. For me, I'll be doing usually some kind of chin wag in my earballs, but giving yourself a disconnect from all the external inputs, all of a sudden something might use your voice to speak to you. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that's the shamanic
1: thing as well. Yeah, I mean, to- totally. And, that, and that's, you know, what, what the portal is really boiled down to is I call it a nonverbal lesson in the moment because the magic of the portal, is it in the vibrations of the gongs? Cause like, yeah, I use all kinds of different combinations, this, that, the other thing. It's about shutting it down your fucking mind. Because your mind's just running running rampant with all these things all the time. And if your mind shuts down, your heart takes over. And your heart knows exactly what you need, right? And and you know, finding that way, once you can hit that moment where you're just not in your own goddamn way, a lot mad magic really does happen.
2: It makes me kind of want to hear from you. Yeah. It makes me want to go back to that angel devil thing. Like I feel like (laughs) after that, I must like, oh yeah, because you know, the mind is going to think of this manipulative way that you can influence a situation to get what you want. And that's always going to backfire on you every single time. And so I see that as like the the left brain, not that there's anything wrong with like logic and understand, like I'm not trying to demonize, you know, critical thinking here. I promise I'm a big fan of the trivium and and, and, and deduction and, and those types of things. But when it really comes down to it, the idea is to be in alignment, heart and mind, right? Like where you are fusing, you know, your emotions together with your logic, you know, where. Yeah, someone passion, was saying in the
0: chat that it's not really neutrality that is the thing, it's balance.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And and Vadim, you know, back to that work, he would call that the, the fundamental principle. That's his uh, opinion. That's what makes everything, you know, have have uh, have weight stick together like we're stuck together by vibration. If it wasn't for balance, the idea of equilibrium then we wouldn't, everything would just be like this jelly, right? Like this, this, this like strange, floaty, gooey am- am- amalgamation of, of things, right? Like nothing would, would take form. So without balance in his sort of model, you know, it's, it wouldn't be possible to have this experience. It would all just be like this con- congealed Everything that you couldn't differentiate one thing from another, but the way that uh, the way that nature works, the way that we see things happen in, in in reality is is balance. It truly is like I have a I'm a big water person. I love moving water. If you go and you look at the water at, on a river, you're going to see the water go over a rock. And then fill itself back in, and that's actually what creates a wave. So the wave is formed because water is balancing itself out. It's not, you know, doing anything out of character. It's doing, you know, just what it naturally does by uh, by finding its level, finding its, you know, neutral. However, you want to define that, um, and that's actually what creates the phenomenon itself. And uh, when you look at it that way, it it, it definitely is a little bit different. Um, View And you start to see these these ideas uh, more and more. Right. Like there's an emotional um, there's an emotional aspect to this. And this is what manifestation is all about. You know, the more that we drum up and uh, fantasize and make a big deal out of and pedestalize something, the further we're actively pushing it away from ourselves emotionally. We're not allowing ourselves to have that which we truly want because we've turned it into this gigantic huge deal and in reality it's 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 just not it's just zero right but this differential that we create like this distortion based on our perception emotionally that creates these these emotions that we're broadcasting to the universe and saying oh it's you know we're actually actively creating our own obstacles we're putting things in our own way through just the way that we're acting and, and, and co-creating with the universe, the emotion, the emotional aspect or the spiritual aspect of it is really how we're communicating with with the all. Right? It's it's not just words and thoughts. It's really that the 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 good stuff is the power behind it, which is that emotion, which is that you know coming from our our, our deepest. So it all does come back to balance, and the idea in in that would be to elevate. Our balance point, right? Like our awareness, our, our personal neutrality. We want to scoot that up, scoot that up, scoot that up, so to speak, you know, um, in order to live a, a, a more. Uh, enjoyable existence. And that really comes down to gratitude. Like one thing you can't do is have too much love or too much gratitude or too much, you know, appreciation for what is that will never backfire. When we pedestalize it, when we make it like a thing that's separate from us, when we make it like something that's really difficult and a big deal and, and all of that, when we idealize something that creates a distortion, but giving gratitude for it, you can't fuck up. Like, those rose colored glasses, like back to the, well, you know, the neutrality sort of monk guy who's, you know, ha- keeps having it. Well, is it a big, is it, is it good luck or bad luck? Like in, in that situation, you can't fuck it up by being grateful no matter what it is. And what we've acknowledged and experienced time and time again, James and I both on those days when you're having a tough time and, and but you activate that guardian and you're like, all right, I'm going to be conscious. I'm going to I'm not going to let this. I'm going to be what you guys talk about with uh, weaving spiders. I've talked with Sean about being imperturbable, right? Like unfuck withable, you know, like I'm just going to continue to radiate uh, appreciation and love and gratitude and all these things. And you're never going to lose that way. You might lose out on an opportunity that you thought you wanted. But really, what you should do is act toward that opportunity if it doesn't come through Say thank you because there's a better one coming. And um, you know, it it sounds a little bit rose color, glass, glasses it sounds a little bit optimistic. True, yeah, what is it, what do they call it? Pollyanna? It sounds a little, <laughs> little Pollyanna. But as long as you're not idealizing that those things, if you're truly grateful and say, hey, you know what? I accept where I am in my life and I'm I'm really happy about it, then. Things just continue like the cascade continues. It's the wave of fortune. And there's no way there's no way to grab the wave, right? Like the bluebird of happiness. If you try to capture it in, the, in your hand, it'll fly immediately away. But if you can just leave your hand open. You know, just continue to radiate that that love, that grace from a deep, deep place. It's like uh, soul gravy. You know, it just starts coating everything in your reality. And then your perception of reality begins to become more positive. And then you, as your perception changes, so does the reality that is being reflected by your broadcast. So that's kind of what we're acknowledging and what we're seeing and trying to encourage you know, people, especially in this movement, people who are critical thinkers who are like, but don't you see this over here? This is terrible. Yes, it is. We can acknowledge that, but we can also, uh, see how the tides are shifting when, you know, every time like every time that like the, the shoulder devil tries to control or manipulate and try to influence a specific, uh, outcome, you see that backfire. You see how people are like, wait, what, wait? They, they pick up on this this uh, attempt at manipulation, you know? And so it's actively waking people up. The harder they push, like there's going to be a reaction to that back to balance, right? Like every, every single time there's a push every time, every time there's a a movement in one direction, it will come back just, just in the opposite way.
1: Well, you know, like there is no good or bad. I mean, that's the thing is our survival mechanisms are, are putting these labels out there for us. And really, man, no no and you know, there are so many entities and objects in this universe that do not give a fuck about whatever I go through today, right? Don't care about any of it. And so putting a label, it's your relationship with the stimuli that makes it so. And you know, it's like I, I use this example a lot and it's and it really is a powerful example because it it helps me to keep things in perspective. Man, I I lost my wife to drugs. My house burnt down at Christmas and I lost a business that was, you know, that was getting ready to thrive. It was the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. But while I'm going, when I was going through it, it seemed like I was attached to all these ideas and all these, you know, these, these concepts, but you know, that, that woman didn't really love me. She didn't love herself. I didn't want that house. And I fucking was selling cigarette lighters and advertising on it and bars and nightclubs. I don't drink or smoke. Right. So the universe is like you're unhappy huh dude let me take this shit from you and it did it came through and it was rough uh, and i was attached to it all but literally i would not be a filmmaker a comedian or or a performer um with the with the sonic portal had those negative things never happened in my life were they negative well they sure felt bad but they're not, they weren't negative. They're were all the trajectory of the life experience. And, you know, even with it brought Owen and I together, I, I had the, this amazing two years of all this awesome stuff. And, and, you know, long story short, we had, we got infiltrated in my house and some bad shit happened. And I fucking got pissed and, and, and made some changes and left. And the moment I made the decision to make those changes and not hold on to all the negativity and look at them as like, as uh, catalysts for for new and 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 moving forward that's when Owen and I became partners literally he called me up and and told me some good news uh, and I was like hey you want to help me write this thing and and bam it happened just like that and so these bad events literally they are the universe putting you in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing because most of us are not on purpose and even when i was on purpose The universe is like, yeah, you're too comfortable in this house. You don't have to pay rent in. You can smoke weed all the time. You can do whatever you want. Nobody's bothering you. You can be yourself. But literally, I wasn't. I mean, I was on purpose, but I wasn't on purpose like I spend my days now. You know, like I've I've been cooking, cooking 12 hours a day on all these projects and trying to make them work. And and then I wasn't. You know, I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to write a little passage today. Maybe I'll write a scene. You know, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. But the drive wasn't there, right? And and it was that next tragic thing that really put me into resonation again and like, oh, shit, I got to get on purpose. I got stuff to do. I'm being, you know, I'm being too complacent with this really awesome situation, right? And so, yeah, good, bad, what the fuck is that?
0: Yeah, and it's another problem of language that... Good and bad can mean a whole variety of things. You know, are we talking about a bad feeling or a feeling that's difficult? Or we're talking about something that's objectively wrong or shouldn't have happened. Or are we talking about evil, which is inverting the process of nature or live backwards? You know, all of those things get encapsulated into the word bad or even connecting it to negativity, which we already talked about how that could maybe just be conceptualized as the realistic side. (laughs) So I like what you're saying. And I really want to go back to the weave on, on you kind of click, made something click for me, you guys, when you're talking about how putting something on a pedestal can push it away from us. I think I needed to hear that because it makes so much sense in terms of how our energy field dynamics can get off balance. We're saying, How the heart, well, I'm going to say the heart is where emotion really lives. Heart chakra region is where that power of emotion, that energy is really at. And something that I've been asking universe for more clarity about is what is the trigger or mechanism that helps the emotion flow? Like what is, how does that wall work that makes a barrier between you and feeling good feeling or bad? Bad feeling, you know, why is it that maybe there's something in our field that needs to be cried out, but we have no idea when or how that trigger is going to allow it to happen. I have noticed as someone that does, you know, practice sound healing as a mo- healing modality for, for clients, although I'd love to get a taste of my own medicine sometime. So <laughs> 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 not I, really, I don't really get to do that. Other, I mean, there's some ways I could do it to myself, but not in the same it's level. It's not the together. same thing. No. But my, uh, my question has been for a while. Like where, how does it trigger? Like why do some people even show up for the sound healing and they don't cry anything out? But other people like cry three times during it or four times. And crying isn't necessarily the only goal. The point isn't, isn't about the crying. It's about the feeling. It's that now yeah. you've accessed feeling. And so I'm starting to see this dynamic of how we pedestalize or idolize something that we desire you know, an object of our, what we think is love, but actually we're creating this type of attachment. But the paradox of the attachment is that it's putting up a wall between us and the thing. And I I realize now that that pushing it away through the pedestalization is very much the same dynamic as what we really want is the good feeling. We want to feel what it is that we have associated the, that object of our desire with making us feel. Because maybe when we first encountered them or it, we felt something really powerful. And so now we're like, okay, this is the symbol in my universe of, of that feeling. And I have to have it and it has to be that way, which is a fear thing. So you're creating, you're pushing it off. What you said, pushing it away from yourself by putting it on the pedestal is brilliant. Because in the bio field, the energy or the emotion the feeling that we actually wanted in the first place, whenever we get in these stuck places where we're just like kind of numbed out, we can't laugh or cry. You know, we don't feel joy or sorrow. The, in our biofield, there's, um, walls of dissonance that go up and whatever trauma is, usually it's trauma in a sense is like kept off to the left or right of our center. And depending on where it is, that dictates like what kind of, Stuck energy it is and all that, but I'm seeing now that this process of how sound actually, coherent sound actually dissolves those barriers that we put up in our field. That's why we get the feeling back, and that's why we get unstuck afterwards, because the feeling... And that is now brought back into our our core and our center and the energy of it is now in circulation again, is also symbolically in the external, whatever it was that we thought we needed or the object of our desire, but it needed to be like sort of let go of before it could be grasped. It's all a big paradox. And I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it's making so much sense in terms of like in my in my mind right now. Hey, you know, you're processing
1: you process it and you'll keep on analyzing it and thinking about it in a different way and you'll synthesize it, you know? And then after I had my shamanic dismemberment, I came up with something I called the love matrix. And, you know, a lot of people want to talk about hate and fear and all these things being the opposite of love. They're just the lower vibration of it because it's all a gift to teach us about this human experience, right? And so love and the positive infinity is love and idolization and love in the negative infinity is love and possession. It's only in the middle without, without expectation, without withholding, without idolization and without, um, without possession where we can actually start to really experience the magic of this place because ultimately everything comes from source and it's all benign It ain't positive or negative. It is only that when we make the decision to call it that, right? And so you know, you could take something really crazy like my dad dying, for instance, and I could be like, you know, fuck, you know, fuck God, fuck this, bullshit took my dad away from me, blah, blah 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 But ultimately, there's all kinds of positive things that came through with that, and that loss is teaching you how much you love, right? And and we're all gonna die. Everything's gonna die. Everything's gonna be gone, right? So we have this, these, all these attachments and romanticisms about being here forever and having things forever and and really ultimately being afraid of change right and so these changes they seem bad to us and then we put this uh, we define it and we put this value on it and ultimately that's a fucking gift too and the more that you look at all these these experiences like all of this is part of our experience we're here to learn we're in like this holographic school of learning how to be human right and for somehow our ego is like hey i want everything to be comfortable i wish i could just sit around and play video games and and have sex all day and do this but like that's those are just comfortable those are just experiences they're not real joy and and the thing is is we you know it's like the more that you take these negative things and start to process them into a way that's healthy man because like all the neg all the you know You know, I've had my mom and my and I were nemesis my for a big portion of my life, right? And uh, I after my shamanic dismemberment, I had I did a a cannabis ceremony, and I was with my shaman, and I started I started addressing working on healing the female ancestry in on my timeline and inside of myself, and so I had this really amazing experience where I we I relived. One of our horrible, horrible battles, but I relived it from her perspective, and I felt her self hate. I felt her like inability to get past her trauma. I felt all these fucking things that I, as a twelve-year-old or eight-year-old boy, could never understand what she was going through, right? And so I felt this this real, true empathy. And now I'm super grateful for all that bullshit. It it brought me and took me to some some place. Uh, of a being a full human and understanding like everybody, like all this trauma is carried for generation to generation to generation. And a perfect example of that is my brother is going through this horrible, horrible, um, divorce, like custody battle. that has been going on forever. He's really literally reliving my father's trauma because he had children, didn't deal with any of his shit. And then that all that stuff is carried on in the DNA. Part and, of the
0: shaman's role is to actually help find that and heal it. Yeah. So I actually in, I'm not calling myself a shaman, but in sound healing, in the biofield anatomy that a system I work with, there is even uh ancestral river side for the paternal and maternal side. And uh, it doesn't happen every session, but sometimes you actually, I actually will get a message in my like psychic mail slot from someone's grandma. Or something Mm. like that. And then I'll tell them something and they'll be like, wow, my grandma just died. And anyway, there'll be definite like confirmation syncs. So the information of our ancestry is also a part of our our
1: our energetic field, which is a sound field. Yeah, absolutely. And and I started addressing this. And so my mom is going through some shit. Hey, welcome, Jake. Just
0: got to call in. But you continued hey, continue, yeah, James know. and the So so my James. mom
1: my mom was going through some shit. Um, you know, uh, tricky Lotus and Tr- triculitis. She she was having a very bad time before I moved into the house. And uh I, I had this experience with the shaman and we started working on, on this concept together and I we came and we started her and I started doing these these ceremonies, full moon ceremonies with gongs and uh man, the stuff that, I mean, I, I usually don't have contact with entities. I don't really have visions. I've I've had, you know, a couple of really interesting experiences, but it wasn't direct contact. It was like things that happened to me and she was having direct visions of like our ancestors crumbling from broken hearts and then turn and then reconfigurating into crystal with golden hearts and things. Right. And like, her health started getting better after we were doing these ceremonies and our relationship has just been, uh, it's just been like a trajectory of like up, up, up and up after, you know, years and years and years of ignoring this. And, and it's crazy at how much just the intention of saying, Hey, I'm going to acknowledge this energy and this thing in, in my life and my connection and my lineage, you know, it's like, Think of all the bullshit that every single one of your generations had to come through to get here to have, for you to be alive. Like my great grandfather left Germany after World War I, came here, had my father, grandfather. My grandfather went to uh, to World War II on a boat. He caught appendicitis and they sent him to the infirmary. The boat died, sunk that day after they took him to the infirmary off the boat. Everybody in the boat died. He came home, had my father. My father got drafted for Vietnam, got a 4F on 5th Military Services, didn't end up making it to that war so that I could be here.
0: Yeah, and My, just... my great grandfather in World War II was part of a unit that was getting marched off to the Battle of the Bulge. He tripped and fell in a cornfield and his hand got pierced by a broken corn stalker it went all the way through his hand. And he got sent to a field hospital and uh, he didn't go to this what be, turned into a big battle where everybody in his entire unit got killed. And that's yeah. why I exist. So yeah, it's like exactly. literally
3: yeah.
0: infinite miracles just for any one of us to exist right here and now. And then yeah, onto the p- subject yeah. of your mom too. Um, again, this is all in our field and works working with sound can help our relationship with our parents okay. massively. Uh, like there's an a part of our biofilm anatomy relating to solar plexus primarily that has to do on one side with mother and one side with father past support and current relationship. And there's a lot to it, but I've had times where I ran into some serious friction with somebody's relationship with their mom, for example, and we like moved that and we cleared that blockage and brought the energy back into circulation. And they'll hit me up like two days later and be like, my mom just called me and I haven't talked to her in two years mm. or something like that. You know, it's yeah. real. Like we, we can work on it in our energy field and it will change the external world and even heal people that are connected to us. Cause everyone is connected to us that we have relationship with and particularly family
1: yeah absolutely man uh, i mean, I've seen it happen with sound a lot like I have a really close friend um he was had you know he had a lot of baggage with his dad and uh the portal took it all away like he just he, it just dissolved it for him and you know to, th- to even to this day it's still like you know it's a mystery but not you know but it's it's just it's you could call it a miracle if you didn't have any or reference you know but ultimately we're just we are these bound up just conguagulation of energy and sound is holding it all together. And it's literally from all of your past lineage to create now. And it's, you know, it's just spirit experiencing itself. in another, one point of awareness in the universe, spirit is all points of awareness. Your ego is a single point of awareness, right? And it's just like, it's this opportunity to know what it's like to have these experiences. And, you know, it's like, uh, when my mom and I discovered our cosmic relationship, she was here to, to teach me forgiveness and I was here to teach her patience, right? And once we identified this, I mean, it took us fucking 45 years, it was 40 years to put this together. And, you know, and, and once we, the, the, the that day too, you know, no psychedelics. When we came up with that, I called her up. This is long before, um, uh, I moved in and and we started doing this work. I, and, that, and that was the weird thing about it, too, is we had forgiven each other and like we had addressed this this cosmic relationship. And it was as powerful as my shamanic dismemberment. Right. And I thought we had hit the ceiling at that point. I, I thought that like we had arrived, but I didn't realize that even though we had forgiven each other and understood this dynamic, that the trauma was still deep and still there. Right. And so when I, when I had this, um, cannabis, man, cannabis ceremony, cannabis, a ceremony, some heavy duty shit, man. You think you smoke weed wait till you go into ceremony and deal with some real plant medicine. Oh, just wait till you see. Yeah, man. And like it, it showed me some shit. It showed me the future. It showed me the past. It showed me the present. And like, and what I didn't realize is even though that I was, I had forgiven her and I was completely happy with where our, where our relationship was. There was all this pain that we hadn't addressed, that we hadn't released, right? And that's when you know these ceremonies really started to come through. And uh, man, it's just like you know, you don't even know you're carrying that shit until you let it go. Until mm-hmm. it's like a fucking sack of bricks you're carrying this shit around everywhere you go and dealing with it, and, and it colorizes all of your relationships and all your interactions and everybody you're interacting, you know, everything. And then. You you cut that shit loose and it's like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, I like I liken it to being somebody who is a smoker and then one day not cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> then one day you quit and uh like you know, within a week or two weeks or a month or however long it takes, you realize how much it was holding you back. Because you've been doing it for years, maybe. You know, that's the best metaphor. I can relate uh, to that too. You don't know yeah. how much you were slowed down by it until you're not anymore because your baseline was different. But hey, Jake, local hey. podcast, welcome to the Vibrant. I don't think we've
3: pulled you on screen on here before, but isn't it your birthday? Oh, almost. So I'm in the Eastern time zone. I got about two hours till the big two seven. You guys were just talking about these uh, war stories. I mean, I was thinking about Jimi Hendrix in the 27 club. Not saying I'm joining, but, you know, he fell out of a helicopter. 27, I think. huh? 27 yes sir yeah and by the way thank you for the uh, invites good to see you guys hope everyone's doing well it's been a really cool conversation i was uh, hanging out in the youtube chat a lot of great people there just want to say hello to everyone and but yeah jimmy hendrix you know someone who uh got discharged from the us military i guess you could say synchronistically and then without that experience who knows if he would have ever gone on to produce such vibrations you know yeah far out man <laughs> Yeah. But when
2: you were talking, one of the things you
0: were dropping some comments about was uh, divine comedy. mm -hmm. I know that that's a big interest of yours. So is there anything that comes into mind like to circle us back around
3: to the the topic of tragedy
0: and comedy? Because that does seem to be
3: the theme here today. Yeah. Well, James and Bootsy, uh, you know, I just want to say this has been really cool so far and happy we got to do this together. I did not expect this. So it's really nice uh, birthday surprise, I can say. Um,
1: Well, you know, dude, happy uh, solar return.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Breath day.
0: That way we don't piss off Kurt Kallenbach. Or (laughs) birthversary.
2: Yeah. belly button yeah. day <laughs>
3: <laughs> the naval navigation so we have um interesting thread here about the dismemberment and you know i was thinking as a child of divorce which by the way i gotta give a shout out to my two loving parents they are both tauruses as well and we're all we're all uh very stubborn in our bull own gang. ways but bull gang for sure but i was I just have a uh, mom taurus moms are super good moms oh yeah yes. Couldn't say it better myself. So the thing that's happening is I'm thinking back to the divorce and being like a 12 year old kid who didn't really know what was going on and just kind of along for that ride. And I think, uh, James, you were talking about, you know, there's the or there's the the left and the right, the mother and the father. And I'm sure a lot of children of div- of divorce can experience or can relate to that experience of being pulled in two different directions. And it feels like a dismemberment, like you're getting like <laughs> pulled in two different directions. And, you know, finally you snap. And I remember, you know, I'm just going to link back to what you were saying. Um, belly button day. Yeah, there's a, a moment I can remember distinctly. It never happened at the same time, but at one point getting to enjoy a bit of cannabis with my father and with my mother, two separate occasions and having that plant allow us to open up to each other to kind of unpack some of these things that were going on. And, you know, I'm sure my, my parents themselves were being pulled this way and that way. And the fact that we were able to come back to some center, that baseline, that middle way, as you were speaking about earlier too, was really cool. And uh, whether it's through cannabis or sound, I just appreciate what you guys have been doing and helping people to find that middle way um, or that middle path where they can find the homeostasis again. So I appreciate what you guys have been doing. Really cool! Really excited to learn more about what you've been doing. I have a couple of questions uh, about some vibrations. If you guys want to get into that, yeah, man, thanks yeah, for sure. in. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to. You know, this is a question for everyone, but you know, uh, w- what have you guys experienced? Uh, I, I guess it's typically with headphones. You know, when you throw on some binaural beats, I know there's uh, some mixed feelings about how they're how they're used. Um, I know it's very different from the setup that you guys have, but. When you think about binaural beats, what comes to mind for you guys?
1: Well, I mean, I don't have negative things to say about binaural beats. I think maybe to a certain degree, uh, people exploit them and, and market them in a certain way that, that may not be, you know, as coherent as they would like that their product to be. But, um, you know, there's something to be said about brainwaves And, and in the spaceship, we actually, um, so each uh, uh, set of gongs produces a difference uh, in in, um, in frequency, and so I mean I'm not I don't I don't know the numbers off the top of my head I used to, um, but let's just say you take one ten, and one hundred right, and what's happening in there isn't binaural beats, but it's bi- it's mimicking binaural beats in a phasing in a, in a form of phasing right. So you're going to get 10, 10 event per second situation which is an alpha wave there's some amazing shit that's happening in there as a regard so i can switch around between those four states alpha delta theta and and beta and you know most people are coming in there in beta they're they're either on stimulants or some kind of psychedelic or even coffee i mean you and me are in beta right now just normal conversation right and I literally can bring them down to those lower, um, you know, to those lower you know, deltas and, and theta. I like to play around in theta because everybody's partying, and that's where a lot of outer body experience and and that space travel merkaba stuff that's happening. And, oh yeah, and and but like literally, it really comes down to your ability to in, in train. I don't like to put headphones on. It's actually weird that I'm. Wearing them now. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like to have an open ear on things, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, that, they definitely will make you loopy, man. Like, you, you know, I, like, I don't know, you know, I was like, who's actually making them? What's the intent behind it? Like, you know, what what are the, what are they actually, should cons- we just make our own? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can make your own, but the mm-hmm. tone generator and, and, and uh, you know, infuse that into whatever running water, other things that, you know, you know, birds chirping for instance, thousands, you know, hundreds, of thousands of years, birds chirping tells mammals that the predators aren't at the waterhole,
2: right? Right. Mm. So oh, yeah. When so you hear unusual. birds
1: chirping, you're, you instinctively in your DNA know that a tiger is not going to eat you when you bend down to get a drink of water. Right. right so right. it brings safety into you. Right. And so if you want, if you want to take some, you know, especially I, I really do like, I, I you know, I guess there's a lot of, uh, in the hermetic, um, tradition There's a lot of people that kind of speak out against theta waves i like theta waves but i really think a lot of the magic happens in alpha hmm. and uh that's where super learning is going on super and, learning right? yeah. yeah like you're like that's your tv's running at an alpha wave right so you're literally being programmed by, by alpha. alpha waves hmm. right and, and so you know uh there, some amazing things can happen and there's, there's no way, to, you know. Everybody's going to respond differently. You know, it's the same thing mm-hmm. with like, will this tone open this chakra? Mm. Chakra. It's not and a one size. It's not a, it's one not a one sound size it's all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for instance, man, I, I wrote in my thing 500 times before it did something truly life changing to me. Right. So I think there's a lot of variables when you speak about, you know, doing some of these things, including what is your, uh, um, your what. What is your thought pro What vibration is your thinking, you know, interacting and synergizing with these particular things? You know. Yeah. So, Someone
3: yeah. in chat earlier said your intention will guide every experience, especially when you're using binaural beats. I think it's very true. So, yeah, yeah I have a comment on that because I think that it's an
0: extremely accurate statement. So uh, I like to play around with solfeggio tones. That's the, mm-hmm. fork to- the forks I use for my process. But just because I have a... Conceptualization that like 396 relates to root and 963 relates to crown and all, you know, everything in between goes to the other chakras. That doesn't mean I actually need those specific forks mm-hmm. to do that, to activate those chakras. I could do everything with a, a 528 or a 417. Those I like because they're in the middle. Or if I had to pick two, those are the two I would pick. If I wanted to, Just by saying, okay, now I'm working in the crown chakra. And then just by saying, okay, now I'm working in the sacral chakra. That tone would affect that chakra and I would be doing that work right there. And it it works that way. I've tried it that way. But because of having the, uh, because I have access to all the solfeggio tones, I have the full nine fork set. I really like the mental scaffolding, if you will, of saying that each one has a specific purpose. That's, that's fun for me. I think that it kind of amplifies even the effectiveness to a degree, but it doesn't, I don't know if it really is necessary. I think that it's more about the coherence and then intention mm. and particularly solfeggio is so fascinating because all of the tones, when you break down the, you know, you do theosophical edition on, on the numbers of each tone, whether it's a one, seven, four or a five, two, eight or th- three, six, nine, whatever it is you have. A three. It always reduces to three. And if you take any of the solfeggio, the standard like accepted solfeggio tones, and you look at the differential between them, say you're going to use them in a binaural way, you know, well between four one seven and five two eight, the difference is one one one, or between nine six three and eight five two, the difference is one one one, which is also a three. Mm. I really love that particular set of frequencies. I think there's a magic to it in the whole three six nine. Damn she fine way, <laughs> but oh yeah Tesla. Uh, the other thing I want to add to it though is that the last thing I want to say about it is uh, you know there are a million YouTube channels that are like, this is activate God frequency, right. you know like, <laughs> like, like looping baby. Yeah. five minutes of music that they loop for eight hours and they've got hundred thousand. 200 500 subscribers and just this huge youtube channel and i'm like really dude are really people finding god is that why it's got some comment section are pretty rad on those videos too. activate solar plexus but here's mm-hmm. the thing i do think that your belief in intention matters like the fact that i can do remote sound healing and we're not even in the same room or maybe we're not even on the phone but we just intend for it to happen at this time and they program themselves to receive and i'm you know, and I've got their consent and we do the thing. I think that the ether ether sound and ether is one, like everything's connected non-locally through ether.
1: So it carries
0: the sound carries our intent sounds carry our intent. So if you're like bad attitude about some binaural beats, it's probably not going to do much. But if you're like, if you're like fur mommy's out in the chat and, and you've been using it for years and your intention is that it's going to help you and your animals heal and also manifest higher intention. And spiritual development, I think it's going to. And I did an experiment on that note just the other day, adding it to water in the sense that I, uh, (laughs) I played a just one of those, you know, goofy YouTube channels that's like activate this chakra music. And I played it in the shower, not even, in, not even with headphones on. I just played it in the shower. And, man, that was the most, like, cleansing, feeling, relaxing. I felt like I came out of a spa after I was done with that shower.
1: <laughs> so. yeah, well, you, you're the technology, man. It's like your thoughts. You are the vibration, right? And so you are now synergizing that vibration with whatever you're interacting with. And we don't there's look a, at ourselves There's a technology. float tank
0: place here, you know, like isolation tanks here mm-hmm. in my town called Theta. Oh, and I'd really like it if uh, I could go in there and experiment and be like, do you mind if instead of it being silent, I have control over the speakers that are in the tank Mm -hmm. and just (laughs) like play some chosen tones while I'm in there? Because I do
3: think that the water as a carrier adds a whole nother Mm -hmm. level. And the salt, too. I mean, uh, I think, James, you brought this up that you're, uh, you know, my mom two days ago said she has diverticulitis and she had to go get a CAT scan and. We were talking about staying hydrated because she has to do like a liquid diet for a bit. And I was like, yeah, well, make sure you take some salt and some mag- magnesium and keep yourself, you know, electrified. And uh, it's just crazy how much of a difference a little bit of salt can make. And it's cool chance that one day we will be able to custom- customize our whole experience in those float tanks. You know, we can have all sorts of uh, features to go into that sensory deprivation experience. Pretty cool. Uzi, have, you, have you ever tried anything like that the float tank or the uh you know like the dark rooms that i've heard of like from aubrey marcus
2: i haven't ever done the dark rooms but yeah i've been yeah. the float tanks uh big fan and well, ch- it's exactly right about that, um, water yeah, no sorry thing. i i hear something okay that's you <laughs> uh, oh my god yeah such I mean, interference. You, going on. james
0: there's something coming
2: through on your side you watching CSI over there or something? (laughs) No, uh, the, the, the float tanks, I'm a huge advocate of, I remember watching, what was that? Um, what was that movie that came out like in the seventies, like a cult classic where he just goes into all these, like these, these, uh, different hyperbaric chambers and they're like teeny tiny. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's altered states. Altered states. Altered yeah. States. That's a great, that's a great uh film. And that's kind of the, the idea that I had about the float tanks and stuff, but, but they've the way that they have designed them now and chance, I bet you, if you went in there and asked them, they would let you uh,
0: I actually happen to be good pals with the dude who owns it. So I'm sure I could pull it off. I would just have to like tell him ahead of time, maybe because he's not usually there.
2: Yeah, there's a there's somebody that I've actually been in contact with a little bit who has a spot in St. Pete. I need to touch back base because uh, they're really passionate about healing and breath work and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, like I'm when big, I got
0: the the cooties, whatever the hell, <laughs> I was detoxing or I had cooties or what. I don't want to argue with anybody in the chat about like virus or terrain, but something happened and I was ill. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I happens. went to that Theta place two times in the, in the week. Um, I had. I used the infrared sauna and then jumped in the float tank and other people who were having the same experience as me, they're messed up for two weeks and I was good in five days. Hmm. And that was a big part of it. I mean, nutrition and supplements were a big part of it too. And rest, but like I was back in the gym on day six. And I'm sure you had a lot to do with the, uh, was really optimized after that as well. Well, it took me a while to get back to energetically to the same state, dude, that, that was some crazy Illness it really knocked me down a peg for a, a little bit, cooties. but I was back to yeah. functional pretty quick.
2: Yeah, I I would say though, adding water uh, with vibration, like there's a reason why if you drop a, a hair dryer in the <laughs> tub, some crazy happens. You know what I mean? Because water will absolutely exponentially uh, empower whatever those intentions are. You know, um, or at least in my, it, it seems to be that way for me. James, has
0: anybody experimented that you know of or have you experimented with the Sonic Portal using like uh, oils on the skin beforehand? Because uh, in, yeah. uh, according to Eileen, the tuning fork lady that is my my guru, <laughs> that using like using some kind of like um, lotions or anything liquid, adding it to the skin increases the conductivity of what you're doing
1: interesting i've never heard of that what i have been doing a, a lot especially on my one-to-ones is um we've been adding water um to to the space and you know i'll do an hour or a half hour session and actually um some of the ceremonies my my mother and i were having we were charging the water in the full moon and then doing these ceremonies where we would each play each other for like a half hour and the first time I drank that water i didn't sleep for almost 2 days like it was that it it was like drinking the most powerful cup of coffee but it had mm. it wasn't jittery it was like clarity and i got a lot done in, in that time man. but like that you know i i don't have uh, any direct science or or explanation for that but like it was super powerful and and i i try to add water to um all of it now especially you know i i actually try to add all the elements air fire water and, and earth and just put a uh, uh, salt all around the portal and things like that my shaman was freaking out and because uh actually he came to the house he's supposed to do like a a four-day you know Watchuma ceremony he ended up seeing the spaceship in the basement and he stayed for almost three weeks and uh we had a bunch of ceremonies after that and um uh, he told me he's like He's like, you're running a smorgasbord. It's like not only the good good spirits are are hanging out, but the bad spirits are are coming to to eat, eat at the Golden Corral too. And he's like, you know, you gotta like get some protection in here and and uh, and start and start keeping off and warding off you know, some of the things that are a little more, more malevolent um, that you know we, we can't really see and uh, so yeah i've been adding this adding these elements adding protections and and uh the water has has really done some stuff to me that's unexplainable um uh, but yeah i mean i'm interested to uh integrate some some kind of oil i mean are they fully like just putting on their arms are they covering their you know all the um open skin like what's the deal with that well it's been
0: particularly useful for uh when using um Weighted tuning forks where it's going directly onto your skin, on your body. So, if there's like an essential oil they like or some kind of not too heavy or slimy lotion, something that just adds some moisture, it does amplify the electric component of the vibration. Hey, what's up, Rachel? Another tour in the house, tourist party. (laughs) Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's good. Uh, anything that you're thinking about or questions for this uh, very unique panel we've got tonight?
4: I love this. I love this a lot. Um, you guys have brought up some really good stuff. Um, I liked what you had to say about laughter because that was something I was like, honestly, agonizing over like right before this vibrant. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in my head way too much. And I can't I don't know how to get out sometimes. But, you know, and and really, you know, learning to laugh. At things, I think I, I get slow to myself. I'm like, well, I'm not ready to laugh about that yet. I can't believe they're laughing about my situation. You know, I get offended, but you know that's something that I have to work on <laughs> and being able to transmute that really, like really fast. Like, you know what? I don't need to be upset about that, anyways. You know, so there's that. Um, (laughs) I really liked what you were saying about the water when I got in here, because that is something that I have harped on um, in terms of really going all out with healing is making tea like that. Like I will infuse, um, well, I was infusing water in the sun um, with whatever crystal I was choosing to work with. And then making tea out of that, you know, make choosing a tea that was going to handle those organs where that memory was stored or that pain or whatever, as far as I could figure, you know, working with all the elements, but also taking it to that like organ level. Hmm. Um, and that has been powerful. Like I've had a few people be like, okay, Rachel, yeah, magic teas. It's like, no, Hmm. (laughs) that's going to get you all inside. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. And pretty miraculous. Mm. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing.
0: I just started getting spring water instead of reverse osmosis tap water. And I'm pretty excited to see how that cumulatively improves my situation.
4: Mm. Yeah. I've had people talk to me about distilled and I, mm. I'm still learning about it. And I still like my folks distilled are still is great. but I think
0: you need to structure it <laughs> afterwards.
4: Hmm mm-hmm that's uh, probably where I, i'd like, be google like google will
0: tell you to still dangerous pistol. and it will leach minerals from your body so probably the opposite is true
4: <laughs> right whatever google says i
0: think body is intelligent enough to know what to let go and what not to so if it's leaching <laughs> stuff from the body it's probably like body saying oh great here's an awesome opportunity to offload a bunch of crap that i didn't need
4: yeah yeah for real <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was great that you talked oh, about, um, all your space problem. being kind of a magnet for all different kinds of entities. Um, I definitely had like a dream vision about that. Like last year over the summer where I just saw myself in that scene from like bed and broomsticks. It was like that where it was just like all these things were just floating around in my room and they weren't all bad, but they weren't all good either. It was, they were just hanging out having a time and i'm like okay this is adorable but i don't know if i want you guys in here (laughs) Mm. so it's really interesting yeah when you start getting into different places and the kinds of you know things that your energy starts pulling Mm. in something to think about because you don't think about it you know most Mm. people aren't we don't live in an animistic society or anything so we don't think about things being a lot
3: especially yeah (laughs) when you talk about you know charging up the water with the crystal and if you were to do something focused like a water fast even for like a couple of hours just to kind of charge yourself up because it's kind of like what you said earlier that water stores memories so well that your intention that you put into it while it's charging up could be the you know the jet the jet fuel that can melt those uh little toxins inside of you that could really help you, uh, you know, kind of, uh, release them or get
1: Actually rid of, kind of, of them. The autophagy also will help too.
4: Mm. Yeah. Well, I was pretty sh- to help with shadow work. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, no worries. I, I think that the, the, the secrets in ice, right. And like the crystals, everything's crystalline and, and it's every crystal provides information, right? It's like, there isn't one communication device in the entire universe that doesn't run on quartz. Right. And then you start thinking about things like MDMA and LSD and DMT. They're all crystals. Right. And most, uh, food, all, all, it's all crystals. It's just all information. Right. And so when water becomes ice, it's crystal and that crystal has some information. And, and uh, I think there's lots of secrets in the Arctic or in the Antarctica. It's like you know, the water is the life of this planet, right? And it's holding on to all these vibrations and all this information. And and you know, to think you had a glass of water today, it was it's the same glass of water. It was in some dinosaur a few hundred million years ago. It's the same water. And so you know, like there's it's a history to that water. And structuring
0: you know, water is super real too, and it's something I want to learn more about in sort of like the Schaubergian research vein. But I do know that using organite like this, I've done the experiment actually that Mitch Mm -hmm. showed me where you take properly created organite has to have enough metal to the ratio of crystal, but you get a glass of water. I actually wouldn't use glass because if you freeze water in actual glass, it could break. But to do the experiment, you take water, maybe get like one of those beer pong red cups or something. And you freeze it with the cup resting on top of one of these. And when you come back and you peel off the the party cup, you will actually see a vortex, like a hollow tornado, tornado hole of how it's the water is structured in this spiral by the energy. It freezes in a vortex spiral from being on top of one of these. So this is probably a really good way to structure water in a simple manner. To just have this like on or near wherever you're storing the water, mm. or like use it as a coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got all that's sorts of yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's really cool. coasters. <laughs> it's it's one of the best examples of that, that organite actually does something. That you can show somebody <laughs> that is way too like physical materialist, and I mean, not all organite is created equal either. But created correctly, organite definitely can definitely has that scalar wave property. And scalar waves is just this one of the many words for har- <laughs> ether in harm- harmony. Mm. You know, there's a million words for it. So mm. don't get caught up on the terms. Oh, Martin says hi on the Rockford side. He says hi to you specifically, Yay. Rachel, and the uh, rest hey, of the vibranders, but mostly to you, I guess. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Martin's awesome. I'm still loving all of his gifts. Like, I've got this fox pot over here, all discreet. <laughs> <laughs> I have some weird stuff
0: yeah <laughs> like uh, what did you just get in the mail for me
4: <laughs> oh yeah i just got a bunch of bones
0: <laughs> it was yeah, a huge yeah. box it was like it was this huge. tall box of bones that came from snake jones yeah. jones bones hey snake now uh, anybody in the audience want to throw out questions for the panel we're definitely you know here for that but or if either you rachel or, or jake got anything for
3: for our two honored guests for tonight. I do want to bring up uh, Mount Mount Shasta because I know there was a topic of discussion. uh, Well, you know, I kind of stumbled upon that location just by looking around on the Instagram page. But, uh, you know, I'm curious uh, just when you hear of that place, what comes up and, you know, what do you see from your memories of being there or, you know, your aspirations of going there? What do you guys think?
1: I mean, honestly, every time I've been to Burning Man, I've gone to Mount Shasta and got Mount Shasta glacier water and brought it to the desert to drink. And, uh, Mount Shasta is definitely one of those spots that, that's special to me. Um, I've camped up there and, you know, gone done some, uh, sun, sunrise hikes and things like that. And, uh, there's some interesting vibrational wizards that live at the base of that mountain. Uh, and uh you know it, it's definitely a beacon uh you know if if i could find a way to like have a nice little cabin out there i'd definitely be living on you know i guess there's they call that the the heart chakra of the, the earth mm. the, the mount shasta there and uh but yeah when you drive by that place it, it just f- can fill you with a, a a feeling of awe and 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 it's just so powerful and you know i've driven through there in august and you still see snow you know it's just like it it really is a beautiful spot it's someplace that is special to me
4: i'm under the impression and maybe it's just i don't know i'm under the impression that it needs like healing often like do you Mm -hmm. feel like there are people who go there to heal the earth to heal the heart of america and and things like that, because I, I know a few people who feel led to do that, but sometimes I wonder um how badly we need it. Like mm. if if the vibes when you're there are are like that, how you're describing, it seems like we're probably in better shape than we think we are.
1: I mean, like Are we, are well. we always <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off camera for a second to help my dog a right back? Sure, sure. <laughs> you guys carry on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what makes you bring up uh, Mount Shasta?
3: I believe I was seeing on the Instagram page that it was a destination or, uh, you know, it was a location that was on the agenda for the spaceship. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is that correct, Bootsy?
2: Yeah, um, this past year we did uh, contact at the cabin with Grimerica and uh, we did that. That's it in Arizona this past year and I've never been to Mount Shasta but a good friend of mine and someone I work really closely with uh, our friend Abby who's a very at, at um avid dreamer um mm. is a also has a very special place in her heart uh in physical space at Mount Shasta as well as the dream space maybe we can uh, you can work on getting out there and hanging out sometime Mm. when you're, when you're in another state, but, um, but yeah, we'll be out there uh, next February for the uh, manifestation magic on the mountain with Joe Roop Mm. and uh, the Gramerica guys. So yeah, check into that. It's going to be, I mean, this past one was amazing. And uh, this next time, want to bring the want to bring the the spaceship you know We uh comedy and vibrations and cold water brandon powell's there also uh he's amazing like he's been working with wim hoff for like 10 or Mm. 15 years or something like that so like the 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 quality of the experience was not like beyond what i could have expected and uh I think it's going to be really, really cool to go to Mount Shasta too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about it. It just so happened to be like, we were at this lady's spot and it was like an Airbnb, um, near the petrified forest in Arizona. And we had all these people there. And, um, I guess at at one point, you know, she was like, Hey, some of the neighbors are like, why are there so many cars and stuff? And the owner was like, you know, I have a place in Mount Shasta would be great for you guys. So I'm like, X amount of acres, like twenty or thirty acres or something like that, and it would be great for you guys. So that's where we wound up booking the next uh meet up for that. Um so yeah, so Mount Shasta is definitely on the board, as well as a lot of other places like uh James is gonna be pimping this thing out all over the country this year. Um oh one on one, what's up, Reverend what's up? Juan? Ah, hey dude, I got your uh wake up call mm-hmm. coming out tomorrow on the Blue Collar Mystics channel. So I'll be posting about that, I guess. Check it out.
0: Illuminati (laughs) confirmed. Nicholas
2: Cage. (laughs) He's swooping. Um, But yeah, uh, that's going to be great. But, you know, uh, we're going to be in Tallahassee. Well, sort of near Tallahassee, uh, somewhere in Florida on the panhandle here in about a week or so. And then, you know, James is going to Electric Forest and Burning Man, all these places. So you'll have to catch up.
4: What do you guys think about Burning Man since the pandemic? Cause I, I think when I first heard of it in like 2000, I don't know, eight or nine, it's, I was interested in going for the art. I was like, this looks like a cool event. I don't know any of this music, but this looks cool. Like I'm a visual artist. I like that. But then over time, I've heard different things about it that I'm like, I don't know if I want to be there.
1: Like, well, here's the thing, right? Wherever people are creating, it's going to be fucking awesome. Right. And so again, it's going to be like, you know what are your expectations with this yeah so i've been done I've done seven of them since two thousand and thirteen. My first one was fucking amazing, right? My last one was amazing, but the the experience is gonna be different every single time, and a lot of people have all kinds of ideas about what their experience is supposed to be like, but most of those people that have opinions aren't creating they're they're consuming right. And some of the some of the people who are complaining like you know they got logistics issues or or organization issues with the, with with the actual um non-profit that's running it but to me it's magic every single time yeah I mean, you know it's like yeah it really isn't um you know it isn't organized at all in the sense of oh so and so is playing and these are all your headliners it's more mm-hmm. like Think about every um, every event that you've ever been to or ever wanted to go to, and it's all on, like, one street of that place, right? So you got to think of Burning Man as more like a metropolis. You know, it's like we could all, like, go to New York City tomorrow, and there's a bunch of shit that we're never going to get into. It's just not part of not resonating with it, not part of it, not into it, you know? But it's there for for whoever it's there for, Right and and that 's what party man really is is like you if you take the time to discover and and connect you're gonna you're gonna find some magic there you know is there a lot of bullshit is there a lot of red tape? is there a lot of politics well it's eighty thousand people you know for two weeks you know they're gonna build it they gotta experience it and they're gonna tear it all down and it 's all in in a place that's super extreme you know you could fucking die there there's no doubt about it, but you know three of my most awesome Saturday nights of my life have, have been there. So like, um, and, and some of the most magical moments, you know, it's like we actually, our camp has a big giant Viking ship and we travel that thing all across the desert and big, big old party. And, uh, you know, one of my, um, my roommate the, from my last place, when his dad passed away, I took him, we took him to, to Burning Man to take his father's stuff to the temple. And he's a, a big Viking and, and we took this Viking on a Viking ship to a temple with no, with no, uh, you know, no, no nails. And we put all his dad stuff in there and, and we had a gong ceremony and then we burnt it at the end of the week with everybody else's, you know, trauma and, and things they wanted to release. Was that, it was the most cathartic thing on several occasions that you know you can be part of in a non-traditional way right and so like anything in life it's going to be exactly what you make it and and there's magic everywhere always and you're bringing the magic um if you if you can be conscious of it so you know there's a lot of intention there and and in that intention you know it's unfathomable some of the things that you'll experience so would i still i'm still going this year you know um but i'm going this year as a a means of reconnecting with my camp and and raising the vibration to a bunch of people i've been estranged from because of, of the lockdown and you know they they miss it and and it's something they need and 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 uh I get to go and connect with my, my homies and it's a fan, it's a different family. I, you know, it's like, it's definitely like my, my burning family and my status quo, you know, interactions and then my festival family and, and, you know, my professional stuff. So, um, you know, I got, I've kind of got a bunch of toes in a bunch of different ponds and, and uh, that place will always be special to me.
0: Techno Viking.
1: <laughs> Epic.
4: Skull. (laughs) That's cool. That's
0: cool. Thank you. Yeah, I've always heard so many mixed things about about the uh, origins of Burning Man. And there's an element of festivals of any type or human organizational principle, you could say, that when there's a certain amount of people in one place, there's a risk, if you will, of sort of this locust thing happening where you switch from... Tribe to swarm, and or it's hive, not, yeah. yeah. There's like, what I mean by that is, you might have, I don't know what the exact number is, and it's probably not an exact number, but you might have a festival of two thousand nine hundred and ninety nine people, and then a festival of three thousand people. Somebody dies, <laughs> but but lower than that, nobody dies. I'm not saying this to to say Burning Man is that type of a deal, but that wherever there's a large amount of human beings, there's going to be the entire spectrum and rainbow of potentiality there. Hmm. So it's kind of like exactly how we started the talk. If you think it sucks, it probably sucks. If you think it's awesome, it's probably going to be awesome. But most people are going to go through in a place that's that energetically charged. They're probably going to go through a, a whole range of experience of feeling. And you, that, yeah. that's cool.
1: If you're and wondering, it's a
0: huge creative yeah. hub. So that's also cool.
1: If you're wondering, instead of experiencing, then it's probably going to be rough. Well, I'm not going to lie. I've been there at 115 degrees and dust storms. You can't see five feet in your, in front of your face. So like the conditions are, can be crazy. Right. And so, you know, somebody that thinks they're going to electric forest and goes to Burning Man and spends three days looking into a white void. I mean, that, that, that's going to be a, a negative experience to them because they have expectations otherwise. Right. And, you know, it's we, we create our experience though. And and but I think with all these festivals, it doesn't matter if it's Burning Man or Forest or a small little get together, uh, what they provide is a different feeling of community that's outside of fucking sports or religion or politics, right? And and you know, we we all end up in these situations and you know a lot of these these um corporations have um exploited this feeling and especially young kids that don't even realize that that's what they're connecting to they think that they're going to see base nectar or their favorite band grateful dead or whatever but really what they're doing is connecting on a deep level in, in a community and having real connectivity and experience and, and um you know that's that's definitely exploited in a lot of ways so you know th- th- there's a lot there's a lot you know, it's it's all you put that many people together and it's going to be everybody's got different um, motivations and how you, and how you place yourself and position yourself within that is definitely going to you know help or hinder your experience.
0: Yeah. And there's also about that idea of intentions when it comes to like, I'm glad we're talking festies a bit because I'm I mean, I wouldn't be who I was without music festivals. <laughs> And I started in that realm, like looking for a party, started eventually transitioning towards like looking for a spiritual experience and connectivity. Hmm. And now I'm going to them at more in the realm of like the, I'm still going to have a good time and I'm still going for the spiritual experience, but also now I'm kind of like in the role of a teacher, facilitator, creator, you know? And that's been amazing because starting the journey of going to those events, now you know to to transform my life in such a way that now I can be the type of person that my young self going to the event would have looked up to and wanted to interact with, is a huge self confidence, self esteem booster, right? But what I love is festivals that set the intention right out the gate that this is a transformational festival or it's a Healing Arts Retreat Festival. There's music. There's uh, there's creative stuff. There's dance. There's it's a good time. It is a party, but the intent is set right out the gate that we're here to bring positive change to ourselves and then affect the whole fractal of life and reality. Yeah. So there's one I'm going to May 19th through the 22nd, right outside of St. Louis, called Reconnection Festival. It's spelled with a K I N. In the connection Mm. of Reconnection, I'll drop a link in the chat. Limon says he went to Sonic Bloom. That's a good one. I've enjoyed that one before. I'd like to go back. That's in Colorado. But (laughs) yeah, sleeping outside is a big plus (laughs) with with festivals for sure, camping festivals. But if anybody's interested in this Reconnection festival that I'm about to link to uh, in May, it's going to be great. It's not huge. It's definitely lower in terms of the amount of people than the swarm locust level of humanity. <laughs> Everyone can watch out for each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. A lot of really big, good musical acts and tons of artists. And I'll be doing a sound healing workshop there. So if you want to go hit up the uh, website the link I'm dropping and you can use the coupon code Interverse for 10% off. There's my plug. I've been meaning to plug it. Need to plug it more
3: often because I want to see more of you guys there. I love that yeah. connection. Go back to your soul family, back to your kin. I love that. And I can definitely uh, just comment on that really quick chance. That I've been to two festivals in my whole life. One was like a, a big festival with those base nectar sort of uh tipper sort of names. Like they're great musical acts. Uh, and they were, I uh, drew a lot of attention and energy, but um, all kinds of energy I can say. Whereas this other festival was a smaller and it was kind of marketed as like a family festival and there's like families there having a good time with their kids and people are in a much different space. And I remember not being in the right space and I met someone who was vibing, having a great time. And I was talking to this person like, Hey, what's going on? And for some reason, of course, this is where my head was at. It was not in the right place at at that time. I was like, so, you know, what's, what's your plan for today? Like, what will you, what will you be ingesting? He's like, oh, nothing. Like, oh, okay. And he was having a great time. And I was kind of like, wow, like why, why am I here? What am I doing here? You know, did I come for the music, the community? Like what, what was my goal here? And it's interesting to reflect on that as you walk into any experience, especially a festival with X amount of people for sure.
1: Hey, speaking about festivals too, is, uh, Bootsy and I will be at the Salt Festival in, uh, Campbellton, Florida on May 6th through 8th. We got some discount tickets available for that. It would help us, uh, run the spaceship. And we also have some, uh, volunteer opportunities and also volunteer opportunities for Summer Camp Festival in Chillicothe, Illinois, Memorial Day weekend. So yeah, um, anybody's trying to get out and experience the spaceship and, uh, and have a good time. Those are two two decent festivals that we'll, we'll be at early in the year. Scamp. Gotta love Scamp. Dude, Scamp's got a lot better than it has in, you know, 10 years ago that
0: best it, summer camp for people that aren't in the know. Yeah. It's called Summer Camp.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: I was like, I don't know. This it's festival a, scene is very new I've to me. I've never been. I
1: just heard, yeah. It's a core field <laughs> with speakers and it's, you know, a cash grab for for um, No, that's the joke is that,
0: that some of these festivals are literally might as well just be an open field for uh, high school students to do drugs in.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's got a lot better and uh, they've done a, a lot of things too. you know, they've got a, a, a permaculture uh, spot where they teach do teach workshops. There's a nonprofit area. They've really added a lot of art um, and and stuff to the to to have a more full experience there. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's like I kind of like the Midwest festivals a whole lot more than the West Coast festivals, even though, like, I fit in my brand fits in more. But, you know, um, out in the Midwest, people just know I have a spaceship and they know they should ride it. <laughs> out, in the, out, out in the West, they're like, I don't want to meditate. I'm not into that right now. And it's like mm. they have this idea of what they think it is that I'm doing. And uh, and out, out out in the Midwest, they just know the mystique they'd heard about their friends who went in there and and, uh, had a magical experience. And now they want to try it.
0: I drug so many friends over there (laughs) (laughs) at festivals we've both been to. What I love about is what you said uh, too, is that being that it's sound and it, what it does is help you find coherence that it's adaptogenic, like many mushrooms are. Mm. And the resulting experience will be more like what you need rather than a particular specific effect. So if you go in tired and you were hoping for more energy to make it to one more musical set, mm. it'll give you that. If you're, like, too wired and you need to come down a few not just so you can rest, it'll give you that. You know, it definitely sound response to your intent. And I would yeah. I would be really disappointed in in us if I didn't ask you to hit the gong.
3: <laughs> We've been looking video. at it
0: all night. You know, we're,
1: <laughs> we're all wondering. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm uh... about... I hope, I hope he doesn't blow out the uh, the mic.
0: Which one is that?
1: That's the Platonic Earth Year, which is no, the Platonic what? The Platonic Earth Year, which is basically the precession of the equinox. Um, it's the the time. It's the frequency, which is an astronomical number that's brought down to. Uh, uh, frequency we can hear an octave we can hear but it's the the frequency of all of the the earth's axis passing through all the zodiac in 25,920 years um you know And they say that's the crown chakra um maybe maybe it is maybe it ain't i i i actually used to um used to put it on people's heads all the time before we had the portal and stuff and and you know I've had a lot of uh of really awesome experiences with with this gong um but you know you know I try not to have i i try to keep words on it I like to call it a nonverbal lesson in the moment right ten thousand people go into that thing ten thousand people come out with a different experience you know I've written five hundred times and uh you know and and had the mother of all experiences on the on the the five hundred and first right and so you know it really is a time and space thing. I think there's uh, people's charts where the planets are like, you know, I've I've been learning. So there's um, the Acosahedron was part of the resurrection ceremony in, um, in ancient Egypt. Right.
0: And so it's crazy you bring that up because I was just thinking about how I learned today. I was today years old when I learned that the Egyptian priests had an initiation ceremony at a point where they would receive a new name And they would wait for the base weather to be fortuitous before they do the ceremony. And basically they get a new chart and they would Uh, use this to also correct bad aspects or, or change. Like it would lead to actual like personality shifts theoretically. Like an
1: upgrade. Well, well, you know, it's like, there's all kinds of variables, right? So, I mean, this is a thing too, is like people go in and like, you know, 12 or 16 people go in there and like, one person will have this amazing, like life-changing experience. The others get like these light things that they need and, and a really awesome experience. I mean, sometimes 12 people go in and 12 people come out and like, like a, like a squad will go in together. We all know each other and love each other, all hold hands and they all like really get in and, you know, they come all out and standing ovation. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, but you know, there's a lot to be said. Uh, so I'm I'm actually interested. I didn't know this until I started doing some research after my dismemberment. But I'm doing like three out of the five variables in that resurrection ceremony in ancient Egypt, right? And so I started. This is what brought me to Hermeticism, and I started uh, really just getting really deep into magic and stuff. But every day represents a planet, and every hour, day and night, is a planetary hour. So very often. Someone on whatever particular day, you know, especially like, for instance, I've had some amazing, um, crazy experiences at Sonic Bloom. They hold it the summer solstice. So someone going in at at that standing point of the sun and at that point of the year, uh, they might go in on a Saturday night and or a Friday, say a Friday night, we open up at midnight. So that Friday night is really Saturday morning, which is the hour of Saturn and the day of Saturn, right? And so, Saturn represents limitations. It's the, it's the planet last planet we could see with our naked eye. And so that's part of ancient uh, traditional astrology before we had telescopes. And so somebody who has whatever transits they have in their chart going in on a solstice on the Saturday of the Saturn hour might just release something way more powerful than that guy sitting next to them. And, you know, it's like, um, I've been really trying to focus on some birth chart gongings and, and uh, try to find auspicious moments for, for people in their charts. Like, you know, when you start getting into uh trying to calculate those auspicious moments, you know, you might not find it. You might find that, you know, that moment might be three years from now. And it's a lot of math and a lot of, uh, a lot of things are going on. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, that's one of my newest. It's, I mean, not saying it isn't
0: a cool idea, but it also brings in the element of like, how much can I control this? And Mm. some of the magic is that right place, right time. This was the synchronistic moment of your pineal awakening. Absolutely. But I mean, not to say you couldn't, fuse intention into that with the knowledge of self, which is a- astrology. That's a really cool idea.
1: Well, it's mostly experimentation. Like I am making no claims. All I know is on my 500th, the first time I had my ass handed to me on the resurrection day the, and the grand conjunction of Jupiter and, and Saturn. So, you know, yeah. that didn't, that didn't awesome. happen any other
0: time. But like, You're going to write sudden, it for the eclipse we're about to
1: have? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I was going to uh, ask yeah. about
3: that. I mean like any uh, particular uh practices or intentions that you would set for this new moon? What I know about oh.
0: the eclipse coming up is that um uh, Pluto's going retrograde right at that moment too.
1: A lot of planets will be actually. So or this coming up soon.
4: It's retrograde in my chart, that'll be fine for me. You guys have fun <laughs> with that.
1: <laughs> but you know it's like I, to me, it's just uh, a very interesting, uh, you know, I, I don't even like to call it astrology as much as astro-psychology. And, uh, you know, it, everything was, it, everything, uh, as above, so below. It's the fifth, uh, second cosmic law of the universe correspondence, right? And so The
0: occult is really just psychology. But yeah. It's cosmic psychology. It's, the, <laughs> you know, it's like universal psychology. It applies language. to human beings, but also to everything. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's for me, it's experimentation. I mean, obviously I've been having amazing results without putting like any of these labels or any of these ideas. It's all been a lot of random stuff. And you know, for a little while. So my uh, when I ha- I was working with my shaman, he was telling me, he's like, you know, you got to go start experiment and, and doing some things and see what works for you. And I started having people set intentions and I found, you know, like there's a whole group of my friends who are like really close friends who this thing has changed their lives. And I really have their unconditional support and they're always willing to like investigate and humor me on all these things. But ultimately, when I discussed it and I had this meeting with these fellows, um, we all determined that all of our most amazing experiences came without our mind getting in the way and without us setting an intention, without us thinking about it, because ultimately this thing is about not thinking, right? And it's a different kind of medicine. It's a different kind of modality. Um, you know, it's not, I mean, I wouldn't even really, I don't even like to lump myself in with sound healers because it just creates uh, a um, an expectation that I probably will shatter at some point for you because I, I, I'm not a traditionalist by any means. Um, I'm, I'm more like, let's fucking throw you in there and shut down your mind and see what your heart, see where your heart brings you. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's like, you're, we're vibrating the fuck out of your vagus nerve and, uh, shutting down your mind, all that, you know, all that trauma and, and, and stress is hiding in your parasympathetic nervous system. And that, that vagus nerve is running through all the organs of your body. And I think a lot of people who do sound healing are afraid to bring that. Extra oomph in there, right? And they're afraid of you know somebody not liking it or whatever. I've always been attached to I don't even care if you like it.
0: A lot of what I'm, is called sound healing is very like gentle and yes. uh just like creating this sort of serene meditative moment and it's really more about what you bring to it and the awareness practice you're doing with the sound. Exactly. But, so with even what I do, a better word for it is sound balancing rather than mm. sound healing because um, it's totally different. What you're doing is like full immersion, sound, yeah, exactly. huge power. What I'm doing is like surgical technician work, mm. you know, mm. going into pinpoint areas and it's like working in the aura
1: and hear
0: what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's more of a, it's like a subtle thing versus a huge thing, but sound healing as a phrase encompasses so much that it's like, practically worthless uh in terms of a descriptor
1: that's why i say i i'm not i'm not healing in fact i'm providing a space and at most i'm putting some energy into trying to try and quiet your mind and you're doing all the work that's you, you it's your experience your perception your your body your your cells uh, are are responding to this environment like they do every environment And, you know, the the thing is, is I'm just creating an environment that 99% of the population has never put themselves in. And, you know, like, when you go in there, it's like, you know, you think it's going to be intrusive, you think it's going to be, you know, overpowering, but it's really like being in a womb. It's like, it's being like wrapped in a blanket of the sound of creation. Right. And, and, but you can't, you know, I, I could give you bullet points, all these things and put it on a flyer and, and all it would look was like, it was a bunch of bullshit. Right. So it's more like, Hey, I have the spaceship. Why don't you hop in there and see where you go or where it takes you. Right. And, and taking myself out of that and and removing myself from that whole process has been a, a giant blessing because ultimately it puts me on the ground level to you. I you know, It's like, you're not looking up at me on a stage. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be something that, you know, that that's leading you to somewhere that you want to be. It's all just a, it's an experiment. It's, it's a, ha- how are you going to respond to this environment that you've never been in before? Mm. And 99% of the time, the experience is really good. I've had like 10 people walk out like that's fucking sucked. And most of them are too drunk to exp- like, enjoy it. Right. And so, uh i'm not even attached i i think you know you go in you have a shitty experience i i, I might want to you know what i could have done what, what we could have done to make it better but uh I, i'm not attached to changing your perception over what you think that a gong might or might not do for you and uh and that non-attachment has allowed me a lot of freedom to practice on you know i'm kind of like i always make a joke it's like uh, I tell people Jerry Garcia's in there get in there hippie Jerry Garcia's in there fucking so go see what the hell's Jerry's going on He's waiting for you yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it's just like you know tricking tricking uh, ravers and, and hippies into uh, into a, a new experience but you know if I called up my healing meditation station or my home dome or, or like my temple no one's gonna go to that shit only like the 50 yogis at the festival who are gonna wake up at 10am to do yoga are gonna come see me and so I literally created this new environment and uh and it served me well and and it's just counterintuitive to the rest of the sound healing community. I can guarantee you that most of my contemporaries are not gonna go play for 30 minutes a rumble. It's just not they're not gonna do it. And but like to me, that rumble is the rocket ship. And inside that rumble, you're clo- you turn your mind off and your heart has a moment to to be like. Holy shit! Wait a second. The mind's not running this. Mm. Wow. Well, uh, you remember that thing you were holding on to? Well, maybe you should let that go, right? And I, never- I have a qu-
3: question on that. Yeah. Um, it's I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Icaros, like the the music of the ayahuascaros and this mm-hmm. uh, vibration, this frequency that guides the experience. And I'm curious if you see a parallel or like what what you think about being able to guide the experience in a particular way, especially if someone may happen to tell you their intention going into it or if they don't and you're going in blind, you could say like, what do you guys think about that?
1: I mean, dude, the, th- those are traditions with plant medicines that cannot be denied. Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know enough about shamanism or my interaction with my shaman and other shamans or legitimate shamans it hasn't been enough for me to actually Make any claims of that. But I can tell you that through my own ceremonies, those those songs, you know, didn't mean anything to me personally. And it just sounded like, you know, I mean, you could have been speaking, they could have been speaking authentic Cajun gibberish and it would have been the same thing. But it's the intention behind the practitioner who's willingly and putting that energy out there and connect and that prediction. And this is the thing I didn't know about shamanism is I thought shamanism. Was some dude who's babysitting you and keeping you from having a bad experience, right? No, the shaman is literally connecting in the meta and in, 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 in the metaphysical with the plant spirit and negotiating your experience, right? And so, like you're ingesting that plant plant medicine, that plant spirit is now with you. And that shaman is a real shaman with their weight is interacting with that plant spirit, like a bring, triangulation and, point yeah, yeah and bringing you to that to the, that thing, and so you know the, the shaman who's you know you singing those songs, those are magical man and like and I can tell you firsthand some of the mo like i can't even like I can't even fathom the healing that I've had from those type of experiences when I was healing myself by myself with mushrooms and, and, you know, other psychedelics, LSD and stuff throughout other portions of my life. And, uh, but it really has a lot to do with that shaman. And during our ceremonies, instead of us singing songs, we're playing gongs, my mom and I, right. And so like we're replacing, it's really just be putting yourself on a vibration, right. And, and connecting. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, some, some of those uh, practitioners, and over a long enough timeline and, and lineage, those timeless spirits appreciate that vibration, and that will you know negotiate and 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 grease the wheels, so to speak. Um, but you know, again, it's like there's so many ways to get to the top of the mountain. Not everybody, you know, it's like, and this is the thing: we all are magicians. We've all outsourced our power. And we've all sourced it to our culture and to our, our mentors and all these things, but we can all be creating our own systems of magic. And that's what religions are. That's what, you know, these, these things are is amen these are, you know, we have the power to, to really put that time and energy in. And, you know, and some people, you know, we come from a time as we had instant gratification, right? Um, And that instant gratification, it's easy for people to throw throw the baby out with the bathwater. But, um, you know, I've had the luxury of never, you know, having a boss and just living off of my creations. And and so I've seen the magic firsthand and I've seen it over a long enough trajectory now to understand how I wield what I wield and what I've done and how I've done it. And, uh, you know, now. You know, now that I'm not a teenager anymore and now that I don't know anything and don't think that I know everything, uh, you know, like there's always more things to discover about yourself in, in almost any situation. And that's when you know, we literally are the technology and we all can create our own systems of magic to this place is a clean canvas for us to create. You know, it's, And in my opinion, source forgot itself to create you to marvel at your creation because it already knew everything, right? And so it, it's, it's just this energy experiencing itself subjectively and, and, uh, and we all have that power. So, you know, I, I encourage everybody to like quit outsourcing their power to all these philosophies and look inside, deep inside and, and find what their heart, what their soul is telling them because ultimately uh, all of these traditions came from that same place. And, 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 you know, and, and they were nurtured and, you know, refined over a long period of time. You know, you might not have your system of magic as refined, but you might, sh- you know, share it with your ch- child or, or, you know, a, a student of some time and they'll take it and they'll refine it and make it better. And, you know, it's a, this is all just a, a really awesome experience. And the more that you find the wonder in the world and, uh and, just drop the bullshit. It's it's really uh it's really is a gift, you know.
0: Mm.
1: Excuse the cliche.
0: <laughs> Beautiful dude, love that. <laughs> that so was, the <laughs> <Here> <laughs> that was the vibrant. the rant we were all vibing with. Hey, and we got some gong. Yeah, should have started with that. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> that, do you have any thoughts or things to for our closing up here?
4: Um, My only last one, um, and hopefully you didn't already talk about this, but um, falling asleep with binaural beats or anything like that. Um, I know that when I was started listening to sound healing, just in general, you know, whether it was binaural beats or um, singing bowls or something, there were times when I passed out and I thought it was great, but I don't know if that's something that, you know, you want to do all the time? Like, is it much better to be conscious and aware of what's coming in or out or
1: you know like I, that? I think everybody should do what works best for them. Like, I don't sleep. I sleep maybe four hours a night, right? I got this Gemini moon that keeps my mind active all the time. But, like, I sleep when I'm tired. It isn't like I'm uh, 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 an insomniac. I just got a lot of creating to do and a lot of things to, to work out. Right. And so um what I've been doing recently is I actually, I used to listen to this, like fall asleep with like a, a TV on or music. I don't really don't want anybody else's perspective permeating my consciousness in that um, vulnerable state. Same. So uh, what I've been practicing a lot lately, and and, and this has really been working out, out for me a lot is I go to bed Loving my pillow. Seriously, I like, I tell my pillow, I love it. And like, and then I thank my blankets for keeping me warm. And then I tell myself, I'm grateful for this space to rest. And I I got goosebumps just thinking about it right now. And what happens is, is I'm putting myself in the vortex. And when you pass out in the vortex, you wake up in the vortex, right? And so like, I'm literally programming my next day with gratitude. And like I I try to go through other things like you know I'll say things like I uh, ask for forgiveness for those that are hurt. I hurt offer forgiveness to for those that hurt me and forgive myself um you know I'll, I get into this state where I'm acknowledging the feelings of being and 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 try to go to bed in that state of gratitude and I I think that beats you know, going to bed, even to my own gong CD, that beats beats. beats. Yeah. (laughs) It really, you know, music is mesmerizing and it's somebody else's creation. Right. And I'm really on this bit when, especially when I'm vulnerable, I want to be on my creation. I'm, I am the master of this reality and I'm going to set the tone for me. And, you know, the more that I, Ignore everybody else's noise and live my way and keep on feeling good. And people are like, what the fuck's up with you? It's like I'm living by display. And if, you, and if you want to pick up what I'm putting down, I mean, i love to share it. If you don't think what I'm doing is right, well, then you're right. You're right for you, right? It's like, it's not, um, you know, there's no real right answer. It's really about how you choose to live your experience. You know, if you think going to bed with binaural beats is fucking awesome, then you should do it every goddamn night, you know, it's like what, what is going to put you in that state where you can get the rest you need and uh, have positive dreams or be able to remember your dreams, things of that nature, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there's ever really a right answer. It's preference. And and mm-hmm. uh, and each of us have our own programming and we're all here to have our own purpose, you know, and that purpose can be triggered in a number of ways.
4: Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, uh, when you got any parting shots for us?
2: Yeah. On the dream front, uh, I like to turn off all the Wi Fi and stuff in my house when I go to I sleep. I can hear it if
0: I don't turn it off.
2: Everything it's like off. this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been. That's not, what that like, is? Yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't know. It might be, it might be, it might be all those gongs. Or, or, <laughs> I, don't I could know. turn the
4: power to the house off. I would. Yeah.
2: Mm. I, likewise. Ooh, yeah. That's a good idea.
4: When it From, when the power goes out, I'm like, "Oh, this feels nice." A
3: therapeutic blackout, you know. That's
2: <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, I could You know, if that. you just wrap
0: yourself in one of those crinkly, shiny space blankets, <laughs> it does the same thing. That's,
4: <laughs> That's what I need. That's really what I need. Tinfoil blanket. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's and, exactly right. Yeah. One one uh, thing I'd like to uh, hit on the wrap up is Owen and I have been working on a program called the um, the the Blueprint to Happiness, and uh, it, it, we just released a PDF. Right, it's on the website. Yeah. And, uh, blueprint the happiness is really about, um, understanding the pathways to, to get you what you want, which happiness is a really nebulous term. You know, it's, we're really talking about fulfilling, fulfillment, have, having feeling like what you do and your time matters and your connection to human beings and things like that. And, and, uh, really we're just kind of putting together a program that allows people to look at all these aspects that are, are overlooked. And, you know, and, and, and one of the main ones is, is mentors. When you hit your first brick, brick wall in life is a money, love, or health. And who taught you that? Most people have mentors of their parents and they're operating from their survival mechanism that was provided to them from their parents and their survival mechanism. Right. And it's like, you know, if you just think that love, the word love is love and, or, you know, Apple day keeps the doctor away, or you think earning money is that it's like, you're not getting the full point. You're getting someone else's perspective and you're not living through your human perspective. And it's like the people's coping mechanisms might be the right thing for that right place and right time, but we're changing, the world's changing every day. And so it's really about, um, looking at your mentors and and where you're, you know, where you're going to bridge the gaps to what you think, you know, and where you want to be. And, uh, you know, um, Going to be having a, a be releasing a, a mentalism course, email course, and then probably next week. And uh, starting our coaching program for the Blueprint to Happiness one uh, June first. Was that? Was that correct?
2: That is correct.
0: All
1: right. yeah, that's awesome. Nate. I just Great.
0: dropped the greenwood dot com. That should be a good place to go to stay updated on the projects, right?
1: Yeah, mystics dot org, right? Yeah, I'll put. Oh, that.
0: we got another website. Yeah. I'll add that to the show description too.
1: And uh, I can be reached at Sonic Portal at Instagram too. If anybody you know wants to send me a message or uh, wants to volunteer for the spaceship or uh, or uh, just shoot the shit,
0: there's no way I can get you to this uh, festival near St. Louis. And the, dude,
1: let me tell you the, something. I I sent them uh, an email. A month and a half ago, I missed their I missed their um, sign-up by, like, three days. They mm. sent me an email today, today, finally. They're like, oh, no, we have our budget. We got no more tickets. We'd love it if you bring the portal and buy a ticket. I'm like, yeah, um, I'm not bringing $50,000 worth of equipment and working for free and, buy, and buying a ticket. Like, you, know, you guys give me a bracelet if you want me to come. I didn't respond, but uh, I I was like, okay, guys.
0: If I get you a ticket, will you come? Because <laughs> I, I mean, want to
1: be. I want you to. Dude, I want to ride. It's I mean, shit. It. I mean, you know, it's like here is the thing. I have to put together. I could probably one of the girls that's coming down to Salt Fest would probably uh, join me for that, and I might be able. I need at least two or three people to join. And oh and, yeah, yeah. You know I mean like. Honestly, I wouldn't mind shooting the shit with you. We could, you know, just set it up and do a couple hours a day and then, and, and just chill too. You know, it's a place to be for the weekend and um, connect with people. And, you know, I like, I, I do want to, it's, it's my goal to share with as many people this summer because ultimately there was never any integration. People would go in have these amazing experiences and I'd be like, have fun at Bass there, See you later. And uh, like, you brought me to God and be like, yeah, that's cool. Man, I didn't believe in God, right? I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a a source perspective. And so now it's really important to me to provide this experience but also provide integration because after the last 10 years, I've seen a lot of drug abuse, I've seen a lot of people off purpose, I've seen a lot of people following the crowd and not finding out who they are, living through, you know, these DJs and communities and things of that sort. And uh you know, I just want to give people the opportunity like the, the healing that I've had from that thing and through some of these modalities that are in our program that, that I healed before I even met um, Uzi, uh, and a lot of his stuff in, in his program is stuff that was true to me. And, uh, you know, I really want to help people find out what they're supposed to be doing. Wherefore, that wasn't a goal, it was a byproduct. And now it's important to me to, to get as many people on purpose as possible because I mean, I've always lived by my heart and only done what my heart told me to do, even though my ego got in the way often. And and now it's, it just makes so much more sense. The whole trajectory of my life and all the things that I've gone through has brought me to this, this crossroads. And now, you know, I know what my purpose is. I know what what I love to do. I know that I want to, you know, basically I want to write lots of comments. I just finished my, my, um, my fifth draft of my screenplay. It's a comic comedic screenplay called same delivery. And, and, you know, to me, it's fucking hilarious. A lot of people believe in me and I I don't talk about it a lot because I just like to deliver at this stage of my life. I don't like to just spew stuff. So I haven't really been talking about it much, but a lot of people really believe in it and believe in my perspective on it. And, uh, I really believe that, you know, I'm going to gonna sell it or one of these other screenplays that I've been working on. And it's just going to give me the opportunity to continue working on these programs, which is giving people, helping people find their purpose and uh, and giving them some emotional freedom. Because the emotional freedom that I got from my activities without even trying, I cannot even tell you. Like. How much I enjoy life. Like the fact I woke up for like six months with a smile on my face every day from being a grumpy motherfucker for most of my life, but fighting the battles, right? And I just want people to realize that they can really let go of these things they're holding on to and find out who they really are. And, uh, and, and also inspire others and create awesomeness because we all can create our misery. We were so good at it. And, uh, you know, nobody was more miserable than me at times of my life. And, I was 100% responsible for that. And uh, very few outside things were creating that. It was me and my perspective. And so I, I, it's just my number one goal to like really give people that freedom. I have emotional freedom now that's beyond anything I ever could have imagined five years ago. And uh, I just want to share it, share it with the world. So yeah, find us.
3: Yep. Find the others.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Purpose, story, service. So we're heading. And, and uh, I'm really honored to be able to collaborate with James and to hang out with you, Chance. Man, I love what you're doing. Uh, the first time I discovered you, my friend Lehman, who was in the chat earlier, was like, you got to check this guy out. And I just was floored by the stuff that you've done and uh, the Eileen Day-McCusick stuff. My God, dude, that just knocked me on my ass. It was so good. Um, so thanks, uh, to everybody out there. What a great and lively chat as well. I just want to say thanks to everybody for hanging out and being a part of this, all the cool people that I met as a result, uh, Sean and, uh, so, so many, all the, all the, all the spiders out there. You guys are amazing. I love what you do. And, uh, yeah, much, much love to everybody. Um, look forward to encountering you, uh, digitally and, uh, physically in, 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 in every hologram form. Let's, let's, let's hang out.
0: Beautiful, dude. Yeah, that was such a good like wrap up. I don't even need to do one. <laughs> really good. <laughs> oh man, I mean, we could keep going. Clearly, Hits has got a lot of gas to just keep laying down the inspo gravy.
2: He's a fucking <laughs> force of nature, dude. It's so good.
1: Hey, we could do it again. We don't, you know, we don't have to keep people uh you know we could choose a new topic next time and, and come back anytime. Yeah, like yeah. this is,
0: you know, we see we got Rachel and and Jake here. They yeah. called in and I have much appreciation for coming in, bringing your beautiful faces on the screen and asking good questions and making observations. Love that. Yeah, thank, and thank that's you. sort thank of, you the of the vibe of the vibrant James, you know, if you're ever tuning in, we do it the same night every week. And All right. if you want, if you're in the chat and you're like, I'd like to call in, you're definitely welcome. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole, the whole point is to make this, the community thing. So we will be, I guess, wrapping it up, but same time same vibrant place, same vibrant time next week. Yeah. Love you guys very much. This has been a really good one. I I mean, as a student of sound, I feel like many connections were made and yeah, the chat's beautiful. Everything's beautiful. And, and you got, if you, anyone wants to say anything before hit, hit out, please do, but we're wrapping up.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I would uh, say, you know, if you can't get me a ticket, I would love to hang out with you and, uh, and come down and, and, you know, to see even experience your workshop and see what you got going on. You know, honestly, um, you know, but I, I'm not attached to it. So, but if you think it's something you can work out, I'd probably be open to it.
0: Okay, well, let's be in touch after this. Yeah, we will anyway. But it sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly.
3: Oh, uh, happy birthday well, uh, tomorrow, Jake! Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah, we got a half an hour left. I appreciate all these birthday wishes. Thank you for the invite onto this awesome vibe rant with you guys. Uh, Chance, James, Rachel, Owens. Great to see you guys. I've been having a lot of fun and I got a special surprise for my birthday. Just look out on Telegram. Uh, we can all participate in it together. It'll be an absolute gift for all of us and I'm looking forward to doing it. Thank you guys.
4: Awesome. Thank you guys. It a good time. It was stuff. a
1: good time. Awesome. Awesome guys. I'll talk to you soon. Much love. All right, Cheers. laters, La- later, laters, <laughs> later,
4: gators.